This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode 30 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. And uh, it's that 30th episode. It's uh, I don't have a fancy name for that. Are you going to bust out Baker's uh, Death in minus six? No, no. I've I've matured in this time. I, I am no longer on the Baker's Dozen kick. All right. This is uh, three score and 12 years before. <laughs> Something, right. like, something like that. I just threw Works that number out there. I could be way off, but Works for me. Some someone figure out what that is and let us know. So uh I watched a bunch of stuff this week. As did I. But you know, Mike, I was yeah. thinking yeah. in honor of our thirtieth episode, yeah. you know what we should do? Tell me. I think that this episode right here should be entirely dedicated one hundred percent to Last night's presidential debate. I would like to pass, or you can talk about it solo while I hit the mute button. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think that we need to delve into this. I think that it needs to be discussed ad infinitum. This is what's on everybody's mind right now. Here's the downfall to that. The okay. show is called What Did You Watch This Week? And I did not watch that. I see. Yes. Oh. I, I uh, almost was, sent you a message to have you watch it, and you know, I, I watched a football game. We can talk about that. Uh, and I watched uh, WWE No Mercy uh, pay per view. We can talk about that, but I doubt you watched either one of those. I did not. No. Yeah. I, okay. I prefer comedies to dramas, and that's why I watched <laughs> the debate. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I. I Watched that debate and I have nothing good to say about it. So I was always called my bandy. Oh heck yeah! Oh, like wow. I said, I like comedies, so it was it, it was chilling to watch. One of my friends was messaging me during it, and he's like, "I'm concerned about you. You have blood pressure issues. Should you be watching this?" And so I used my portable blood pressure machine and took my blood pressure and sent it to him so that he knew that I was safe for now. My wife said she watched uh, ten minutes of it last night and just couldn't take it anymore and shut it off. I would have liked to have had that ability, but I told myself I was going to sit through the whole thing, and yeah. it was insane. No, I, just, I just have no – I can't I, – first off, I don't like politics to begin with. Right. Um, I can't stand them, which is, I'm going to talk about that later during Designated Survivor when I talk about that show. Excellent. But um, – so the idea of sitting down and watching – listening to those two goofballs just I, – I'd rather have a root canal with no Novocaine. It's funny. In years past, I have never bothered with debates. I've never bother, bothered with town hall forums. I don't even watch the State of the Union address because I don't do politics. But yeah. the level of sheer insanity that's going on this year, it makes me want to know why it's happening. So I, I watch it with like a stunned silence and say, how did we get this far? So that that's the only reason I watched it. Normally, I'm right there with you. To hell with politics. To hell with all of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's skip that. Let's go talk about what we watched this week. I, I'd rather skip that. I would like to say as a whole, 
uh, with shows in general, like there's been some that I have really, really enjoyed this year. Yep. And there's some that I just feel like it's almost like it's really formulatic. Or I can't even pronounce the word apparently. Formulaic. Thank you. And it's not bad, but it's not blowing me away, but I'm still kind of enjoying it. It's almost kind of like, well, it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like for instance, let's just say Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That was another good episode. Like, they've done now three good episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've enjoyed all three of them. I like having the Flash talking to Sheldon. Yes, I thought that was hilarious, but yep. there's nothing that's happened on any of them this movie to go like, oh my god. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't had that. I haven't had that massive negative reaction either like we did last year. Right. But I have had like that. I mean, it's been good episodes. They've been funny. I hope they keep going the way they're going this season. You know, I really enjoyed Penny's family. I really think they need to bring them back. But, yeah, I just I haven't been blown away by a lot of the shows that have been out around for a long time, like Simpsons, Family Guy, Elementary, you know, uh, Law & Order SVU, Criminal Minds. Like, they're, they're okay. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been like, eh. They've kind of run their course. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, to quote the bare naked ladies, it's all been done. Ooh, ooh, it's all been done. Ooh, 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 yeah. But you know what I'm loving or I'm confused about is Westworld. Okay. Let's jump off at Westworld then. Because, all right, so I've actually watched the first two episodes. I know you say you've only watched the first one. The first one, one yes. Yeah, HBO Go dropped the left, the second one last week, and um, my wife's actually watching it as well, and so she's really curious what you have to say about it. Um, like, I like the show, and I think one of the things I like about it a lot is it's really making me think. It's really making me kind of delve into, like, what if this place really existed? Like... And a bunch of other things, like, it's leading me to really think about it and discuss it. And, like, I even watched the first episode twice. Like, I was drawn to watch it a second time. Kate happened to be in the room, and then she ended up getting sucked into it and everything. And I don't think she's 100% sure if she likes it or not, but it, it's definitely making her think about it all the time. It's like, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, yeah. I've only seen the first episode, but my big takeaway from it was that – it was a lot of thinking and it was a lot of world building and stage setting. I, I didn't feel pulled in to yeah. the point where I was like, Oh my God, this is such a great show. But I also didn't think, Oh, this is boring the tears out of me. No, but it hooked me enough that I wanted to watch the first episode again because I was trying to wrap my brain around it. There were a lot of little things I found, you know, yeah. subtle little things that you'd have to watch for. You know, the fact that we got to see her get up out of bed, what, three or four different times and right. see how it might be a little bit different each time. Um, she she had the conversation when she was reactivated down in the thing. And you weren't quite sure if that happened right off or if that happened right. like later on in the show. Essentially, for those who haven't watched it or have watched it and they're confused or whatever, basically this is what the show is about. Westworld is a fully immersive vacation destination that people probably play a fortune to go to. And essentially – and this has to take place in the future based on technology. But basically it's the Old West. You have hosts, which are essentially really, really fancy robots. Androids. Androids. Okay, androids. And I – but – 
I wouldn't say that they don't have artificial intelligence. They have narratives and scripts that they're programmed with, like hundreds of them. So on any given day, like all their days start out the same. And that's why we saw Dolores, Evan, uh, Evan Rachel Wood's character, wake up so many times because her day always starts the same. She gets up. She gets ready. She takes her art thing out with her. She talks to her dad on the porch, and then she goes about her day. And then it's that – from that point on, she goes into town, and then she's like getting some supplies. And then she either will have interactions with other hosts because for some reason they still talk to each other because it's like they don't know that each other's not a real person, quote unquote. Uh, or she'll have interactions with the guests, which are the tourists that are there paying to be there. And that will – That'll direct their day. It's very much like, imagine if there was a play going on, like a very intricate play in several acts, but the audience could interact with the players and it would change the play. Like they had to do improv almost. So like this scene is playing out this way and it's played out this way every day, but then somebody walks up and taps this guy on the shoulder and says, let's go over here. And he's like, okay. So he goes over there and now everybody else has to adapt around that. Exactly. Like, for instance, on the first example, Dolores, she drops a can, which she drops this can every time she's loading up her saddlebags after getting her provisions. And James Marsden, who's also a host, but you don't realize that straight away, but he's also a host, picks up the can. She's glad to see him. He actually came back. They embrace. They go off together. They go to her house. Stuff happens. Now, the next day, he's heading over to talk to her because, again, they've He's woken up on the train. She's woken up in her house. Now they've come together because this is what their narrative is telling them to do. But he gets stopped by a guy who had been there before. Of course, he and it was his and James Marsden character was like his guide. And so they now James Marsden went off to him and did something else. And then now Dolores ended up going to the river to go painting. So, I mean, like they have all these narratives that they're programmed with, but they don't remember anything. They don't remember ever meeting a guest before. Like that's wiped. They don't remember um, interactions. They they remember the they don't remember interactions with the other with each other unless it's been written into their programming. So it's it is very complex and complicated because they are so well crafted that it's hard to tell who is a host and who is a guest. You know who is a real human yeah. and who is an android. Yes. And these guests, when they come in, they can do anything they want. They can kill the hosts. They can have sex with them. They can be – I mean like Ed Harris's character, just called the man in black, is a vicious, vicious, nasty man. And he's been going there for 30 years and he basically you know, is a horrible person to the hosts and he's been doing it every year is what we're being led to believe. And the – the company running it, well, that's what he pays for, so he's allowed to do it. Right. Yeah. Because and, they just rebuild these androids every day. You know, they, yeah. it's not like, oh, you broke our machinery, you owe us money. You know, they have the technology yeah. to just rebuild them every day and program them as needed. You know, they alluded to the fact that some of these androids have had different roles when they've run different things. You know, exactly. they've had, it, it's not always been the Wild West. So this yeah. guy might have played a president at one point or a slave owner, stuff like that. Oh, no, no. It's always been the Wild West. They just made that a different role within that 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 um, that ro- that world, though. Like Dolores' dad was a leader of a cannibalistic cult that used to live out in the desert at one point. 
Ah, uh, see, I got the impression that it was that there were different plays that they had done, but maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was they just just the impression like I was, was getting. He was a sheriff for a while. He was this cannibalistic cult leader for a while, and now he's Dolores' dad. Um, Which he's not really her dad. He's just no. the android that plays her father at this time. Correct. Correct. And she sees him as her dad. The main thing is the hosts cannot hurt the guests no matter what. They can't do it. So, like, even though they all have guns, if a host shoots a guest, it doesn't affect them in any way. But yet but, if the guest shoots the host, they, they – you know, but here's the here's the weird thing. Yeah. It does affect them. Cuz you notice that it, in one scene James Marsters is shooting at the man in black oh, and it's okay. actually yeah. piffing on him. You know, yes. it, it's yes. for some reason the quote-unquote bullets that he's firing are hitting him. His clothing is like splitting a bit. He's yeah. visibly like Ugh, it hits him, but it doesn't hurt him at all cuz they say that, you right. know, hosts can't yeah. kill guests. Yeah. In fact, hosts aren't supposed to kill anything. Right, but they can and kill they, each other. They can kill each other. They're programmed to kill each other sometimes. And then, like, you have the center of the city, and that's where most everything happens. And then the further you get away from the center of the cities, the further you get out to the outlands, the adventures get more and more horrific or, or you know, difficult or whatever it is. Um, so it's a very elaborate setup. And, I mean, I think they did a good job kind of explaining it in the first episode. But... uh I don't know. Like I said, like I'm, I'm going to keep watching. It's drawn me in. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say I love this show. It's so great, but it has captivated me that I want to keep watching it and uh, and see where it's going. I really wish you had talked, watched episode two because <laughs> that episode two, so much happens. Okay, and we get so much more backstory on the hosts and what happens when they get killed. Gotcha. Um, because obviously. One of the main factors of the first episode is is one of the hosts has a glitch, if you will, and it's almost like he knows what's going on, and he knows something is wrong, you know. So, right. they, yeah, and because apparently this was a movie originally in the seventies. Yes, it was. My father used to and, watch it all the time. Yeah, and essentially what it is, it's the same thing. It was the West World, and one of the, I guess, in the movie, one of the hosts goes bad. I don't know if he starts killing people or this or that or whatever, but I, I obviously I see that's where it's going with this. Um, I don't know, like I said, I'm really I'm really drawn into it. And but, but then but, you've got the other mystery of Ed Harris's Man in Black, who has yeah. his own agenda. Like he didn't come there to live out a fantasy. He's been doing it for thirty years, but now he's like he kidnaps that one guy and he's like, I yes. want you to tell me the secrets. I want to know about this place. He scalps him. Yeah, and so the, Ed Harris, like, there's a game within the game, and I want to get there. Yeah, and yeah. underneath the scalp is, like, a map type thing, but it looks more like a maze that you'd find in a kid's menu. Yeah, yes, that's exactly what it looks like. So, and um, But that plays out more in the second episode. Like, gotcha. They delve into that quite a bit more. Um, you know, it's just – it's odd. It's just there's there's – real quick, though, while I'm thinking of it. I noticed the second time through I watched the uh, background music that they were playing was like <laughs> piano versions of uh, Paint It Black yep. by the Rolling Stones and, and Black Hole Sun. Yep. The the and player piano had Black Hole Sun going on it. Yeah. It was awesome. Yep. 
I picked up Absolutely on that. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. I was like, I, I noticed it the second time through. Yep. I was like, what? Wait a minute. That's plinking. And it's a very slow black hole song. Oh, yeah. And it's, like it's I said, it's really pe- cool. Yeah. It's player piano, but I'm like, wait a minute. And then, uh, yeah, when they decide to move up the schedule for the bank heist or the saloon heist. Yes. And it's like a violin orchestrated version of Paint It Black. Oh, great. yeah. And these people are just killing hosts left and right. Yep. Yeah. But well, hosts are killing other hosts. Yeah, very interesting, very subtle. You know yeah. that they would put that music in like that. Yeah, and I and wonder I, if that has deeper meaning too. I wonder if this is going to be like the next Lost. Well, but I, what I noticed is is like both of those songs have black in the title, "Paint and Black," "Black Hole Sun." Whether that's yep. a coincidence or not, I don't know. I didn't notice in the second episode because I was too busy trying to pay attention to the story and the dialogue. I'm probably going to end up watching the second episode again. I feel like this is a show where I'm going to have to watch each episode a couple of times to make sure I got everything. Gotcha. Yeah. The, so um, I, guess, I mean, I guess I, I clearly I must like really like the show, I guess. But again, I just mostly it's just sucked me in and it's just really intrigued me. Sucked you in like a black hole, son. Won't you come? I, uh, I do enjoy it. Like I said, I still I feel that just with one episode, it was a lot of build and a lot of, you know, backstory. But the thing that grabbed me was a few weeks back reading a quick article where they said that they were slowing down the story of it because they want to have like five to six years worth of show. Like they've got a plan that far out for how they want to tell the story. So they slowed everything down. So that's kind of interesting to me. Not that, Oh God, they slowed it down, but more like, okay, they've got a plan. You know, everything that they're doing is leading to something. And we've seen with lost when they have a plan, it, it works out. Like, it makes the show better because it's not just blind. Like, Supernatural, after what was it, season five, it yep. kind of really, yeah, just kind of lost its direction. And it was just kind of like, oh, what are we going to do now? Or what are we going to do now? But then you look at Scrubs or How I Met Your Mother that had yeah. clearly defined goals in the end. Yep. And then even with Scrubs, I mean, they had one extra season that I'm Shall glad spoken they did. Of? <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad we got it, but, like, the ending of season seven was so amazing. So well done. It's like Ric Flair coming back out of retirement after losing to Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania 24. It tarnished that match. Season eight tarnished the season seven finale. Yes. So. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 uh, I'm trying to think. I have not watched episode two of Ash vs. Evil Dead because it was just on last night. We're recording this Monday. It was just on last night, and I just haven't had a chance. Same thing here. I did not watch it as well. Uh, my wife hasn't watched it either, she's saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, getting back to what you were talking about originally, there have been – like, I found that a lot of my shows this season are falling into that trap. Like, the newer shows, I've got good opinions on them, bad opinions on them. But a lot of the mainstays are just kind of along for the ride, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, go ahead. Simpsons was okay, you know? It was an episode where Burns made a VR family so that he could see what it was like having a family. And I, I thought it was odd that it was two Burns-heavy episodes in a row. Yes, yep. Uh, they did tackle the question, can men and women be friends? And no. the answer, according to them, is yes. Um, Family Guy, once again this week, had Stewie and Brian on an adventure that lasted one episode. Yep, with uh, Frank Sinatra Jr., and apparently yep. he died after they filmed this. Oh, 
did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. In the very beginning, it said in loving memory of Frank Sinatra Jr. Huh. So well, there you go. And uh, and then I have side no idea. yeah, the side story is uh, Chris is a awesome baseball pitcher because he works out his right arm so often, three times yeah, a day. <laughs> you know, doing stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at that. He did die. Yeah, March sixteenth, yep. two thousand sixteen. Yep. So Frank they must have the they must have filmed that episode in preparation and then said, "Oh my god." Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Well, there you go. Yep. Big Bang uh, was okay. I mean, it was a good episode. Um, basically, them being under the gun trying to get uh, this guidance system done, and then at the end, they go like, "We need two more years." The military is like, oh, "Okay." So, like, right? I'm still waiting on the uh, Star Wars program for Reagan. What I felt was interesting, though, was they actually took a very serious issue and kind of glossed over it. The uh, Bernadette not wanting her baby. Like, she's yeah. pregnant and she's like, this is not postpartum or anything, but she's like, I don't feel any love for the baby. I don't want to decorate for it. This is, if this was a serious show in any way, shape, or form, then they probably yeah. would have put more into that. It would have been like an ongoing theme, but. Where it's just a sitcom for a half an hour, they kind of glossed over it a little bit, which is too bad. Um, I, I feel like something like that deserved a little bit more time, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I thought that was kind of odd as well. I mean, you just talk to, uh, I can't think of his, um, the Indian guys. Raj. Raj, Jesus Christ. dad. Yeah. Talk to uh, Parley's dad, and then like, oh, okay, now everything's fine. Yeah, just yeah. oh, okay, I'll be fine. Mm, I don't know. Um, Son of Zorn was uh, that was okay. I liked that one. Um, he, his, his need to battle was quite <laughs> hilarious. It, it really it kind of stepped up the ridiculousness of yeah. what I've been and, waiting for. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. His son's lower half is animated. Yes. Yeah. Which we saw in the are. first episode. But yeah. now they really kind of came into it here. Why he always wears gym pants instead of shorts. And, but it turns out that being animated, they're also super strong. But yeah, exactly. I just, I, I thought that the over-the-top antics in the office were exactly what the show needed. Like, in other yes. shows, it might have been, like, groan-worthy, but him crawling backwards through the vent, and he's like, boy, I'm going kind of slow, and you see that his sword is dragging through the vent, you know, cutting through the metal. Hilarious. I told you how I don't like spoofy stuff. However, in this scenario, it works. Yes. It works perfectly, because... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It works perfectly because that's what this show is. It, the guy's animated. Yes. You know, it's an animated person in the human world. And I love when he's declaring battle and the other guy just, <laughs> his boss tells him to give up. And he's like, don't listen to him. Please don't, do please don't. You can't do this. And he's like, I'm sorry. No, no I needed this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They even had the, the banter going back and forth where they're like one upping each other with the quips. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. That was really, really good. That was really good. Yeah, I definitely so. liked this one more because it, even at the end when he's like, you know, he's all proud of his son for beating up the kid. And then out of nowhere, like, he's so flamboyant and so like, whoa, over the top. And then he's just standing there like a dainty little princess plucking away on a lyre and singing a ballad about his son's exploits. Yeah, yeah. And then when uh, when the stepdad joins in, and he just breaks his lyre. Yes. <laughs> he's ruining it for him. <laughs> but my favorite part is his, he's not singing about his son's exploits. He's singing about how 
how manly he is because of his son's Yes, exploit, yes, like exactly. That, right? <laughs> he's t- basically just taking all the credit. <laughs> I liked that, too, when his mom gave him the note that said that he was allergic to chlorine, and he oh, showed yeah, it to the gym yeah. teacher, and the guy's like, I don't know, the last time I doubted a kid's note, it turns out he was kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah, so I've, I've actually, this is... Uh, I've I've been enjoying this show, even though it's not my typical type of comedy I like. But because of the environment, what's it in? It's perfect. Yes, it was perfect. Like I want to see more senseless violence. Like I want him to be calling his cartoon world his home world, and because that was funny in the first episode when he kept calling to check in and whatever, and they're they're just constantly battling. And exactly. Yeah, because that's the hook of the show. It's not supposed to be a fish out of water where the dad is trying to be the best dad that he can and, you know, having touching moments. Yeah. It's supposed to be that he is a cartoon barbarian who has the eye of exactly. sight and stuff like that. Exactly, yes. So they're doing a good job if they can keep up this pace. Uh, elementary, did you watch that? I did. Okay, so I did, and I'm just going to say like this. It was a business-as-usual episode. They tracked a bomber. They found the bomber. It was a little twist to the story, but it didn't blow. Yeah, it was just business as usual. Just like last year's season finale didn't feel like a season finale, this didn't feel like a season premiere. It just felt like a run-of-the-mill episode. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I even checked to see if maybe they were saying like, oh, well, their original season premiere was uh, – too risky because something happened in the news that it hit upon, so they switched it up. But no, this was the season premiere. Yeah, and it. Uh... Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Of course, great. Watson, oh, whatever. Watson's doubting herself because she wants to help people. Okay, that's fine, yeah, but it's that's, not something you can hang a whole season on. I mean, no, you can't. No. Yeah, it definitely didn't. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel like you said a season premiere. It was more just like a filler episode or a, just a run of the mill episode. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. We didn't get any Not new the- super villains. We didn't get any new yeah. big twists or shakeups to the force. It was everybody doing their thing. Yep. Um, I'm just gonna say Lucifer. Meh. This is the first time that I'm actually going to say you're not being harsh enough. On Lucifer. Uh, this episode right here felt like one of the most ridiculous campy episodes I've seen in a while. Okay, first of all, the constantly him freaking out because he sees his mom naked or partially dressed or whatever it is. First of all, that's not his mom's body. Yes, she that's had no body. the body of a woman. Yes. So none of those jokes made sense or any good or whatever. Like, you know, it was just she was in a meat suit and that was it. But, I mean, they were over the top even. It was like, oh, you know, oh, God, I've been scarred for life for seeing my mom naked. Stop yeah. it. Grow up. It was it was dumb. Yep. If anything, he should be looking at her and just being like, oh, mom, you picked a hell of a ball or something like that. Like, right. That would make more sense to me than what they did. I didn't care for the episode. I, I didn't either. Like, the one thing that I liked about it was that we actually got to see what I like to see Lucifer doing, which is kicking some ass. You know, throwing a guy through a wall, beating another guy with a uh, tanning booth. I appreciated that part. Or here was my biggest disappointment for the entire episode. Her daughter was back for like five seconds. She was the best character in the first season. I loved that girl. I really liked her a lot as well. I agree with you there. And you can see, like, the whole scene was they were trying to find out why she destroyed her doll. And she destroyed that doll. 
Yeah, she really wrecked it well. She gouged it, she colored it, she ripped its eyes out. Like, there's something going on here. That girl has demons. You yeah. know, not not just the fact that she likes Lucifer, but the, the this kid obviously has demons, and they just glossed over it, kept her off screen, and then Lucifer buys her another toy, and, you know, we get to see that play out off screen. Yeah, and it wasn't even the, oh, I'm breaking this toy because I want a new one, so if I break this one, you'll buy me the new one, like they said, you know, quote-unquote said that's what it was. It's right. Just, yeah, it was a bunch of rubbish. Yeah, they they should have that kid back in a more substantial role, so yeah. that was disappointing to me. Gotham. Yep. Um. So Lee's engaged to Falcone's son, but he's not allowed to use the Falcone name. So that's like, oh, okay, that yeah, whatever. Yep. And then emo Bruce, the emo Bruce doppelganger. <laughs> I've, I don't, I've like, taken to I, calling him Toos. Yeah, I hate I hate this storyline. It's stupid. It's uh, T W O C E. I, I yep. could have called him Deuce. <sighs> yeah. You know because he's. Double Bruce, but yep, yep, that just yep. sounds like poop. I, I like Toos better. Yep. What I did like about the show, I liked the Mad Hatter character they introduced. I did too. And I like that Ed, uh, that Enigma's sane and is now out of <laughs> Arkham. That was one of the best scenes of this yep. season was him yep. standing there and he's like, you did this, you did this, you were insane. You did this, you were insane. Now you're sane. He's like, how did this happen? He looks over and Penguin just, it was like a dog going to the park, pokes yeah, he his head out of the car the window. <laughs> he's like, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah. beautiful. Those two have such a great I, friendship. And they have a great on-screen chemistry together as well. Yes. Yes. Like, it was like, not to look a gift horse in the mouse, but how is this even possible? You right. Know, like, <laughs> even he, like, he was doubting what was happening, and he was confused by it, and he was questioning if this was, you know what I mean? Like, even he was, and then he sees Penguin, he's like, ah, okay, we're good now. So... The interesting thing, getting back to the Mad Hatter. Now, this is an interesting take on the Hatter. I like it. It's an early version of him. Um, The actor, by the way, played the wolf that was captured in last season of Walking Dead. Uh, Had a couple episode arc. He was an interesting character. Um, But we've got him and then we've got Alice that he's looking for. Now, he says, this is my sister. I need to find her. She definitely gives the impression that it's not her brother. Or, or at the very least, definitely not someone she wants anything to do with. Right, because he does call out at one point, I loved you. Yeah. And you start to wonder, hmm. But Alice, in her own right, has an interesting thing going where apparently her blood is toxic, drives people mad. Yeah, that's weird, right? And to the point where, like, anytime she spills her blood, she'll burn a building down just to cover up the DNA so that nobody can find her. Yeah, well, because the Mad Hatter can control her and then force her to do things that she doesn't want to do. Right. It's kind of like, uh, I can't think of his name, but David Tennant on Jessica Jones. Ah, the Purple Man. The Purple Man. Oh, grave. Dude, he was so great on that show. Yes, he was. One of the best villains. Absolutely amazing. And then he made you, I'm sorry, I know we're talking about Jessica Jones. It hasn't been on for (laughs) a year. But he made you feel sympathetic for him. Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. How great is that? (laughs) Anyways, so. So, 
once again, we've got Selena showing up to the magic window in Wayne Manor and, <laughs> and walking yep. in. Uh, she wants Bruce's help. Get a car. We can drive around. That's what you were talking about where Toos decides, oh, I'll cut my hair so that I look like Bruce and I'll steal a car because obviously I'm sure he knows how to drive a car. You know, he, he's lived his entire life in Indian Hill that he knows of. Um, yeah. it, there was, there was good stuff with the Hatter and Alice. There was a lot of garbage with the rest of it. Oh no, there was a lot. Anything to do with Lee and Jim and everything I could give I do not care about. Yeah, cuz now Gordon's been hypnotized by the Hatter. So <sighs> he's going to be in control, you know, whenever he wants to. Oh, Try to get him I to know. walk off the roof until Alice shot him. <sighs> yep. Yeah. It's But otherwise, I loved the Enigma stuff and that wasn't nearly long enough and then I did like I did like this version of the Mad Hatter character. So. I did also like, believe it or not, the yep. uh, penguin stepping up and saying that he's going to run for mayor because he's not going to yes. let the old mayor step back in. Yes. Actually, I agree with that as well because what, what's funny, as soon as I saw that, I thought of uh, Batman Returns. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. Okay, yep. I'm seeing some. Which was a good storyline. I like action. It may be political, but I think it's a good move for the penguin of this of politics, world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um hey, real quick, Shield wasn't on this week, right? Because Correct. of the debate. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Oh, I don't know if it was for the debate. It was for something. It just though. just wasn't on. Neither was This Is Us. There were a few shows yes. that weren't on this week. Yeah, I, my wife really likes This Is Us. I like it as well, obviously. Uh, another show that uh she checked out with me, now she's hooked on. Uh so now I got three shows that she's uh hooked on. It's um, all downhill from timeless. here. Timeless? Yes. Did you obviously you watched it? I went into Timeless very skeptical because I had seen the previews and I thought this is going to be a garbage time travel show. I went also very skeptical because well first of all I knew you would. I know how you're about time travel and time travel shows and you know not everyone can hit hit it like Quantum Leap did. Um <laughs> that really wasn't time travel per se. Right. Well, um, Doctor but, Who. Uh, Doctor Who, yes, yes. Uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. But I thought they did really good. I thought they did a really good job. It's it's their commitment. That's, yep. that's the one word that I can use to describe it because they change things in the world and it seems like they're going forward with it. So right in the first episode, they changed the history as we know it in the world. Yep. And now they have to move forward with that. And they seem to be okay yep. with it. Yeah, I mean, like, the, there's, there's the three of them, uh, I, uh, Lucy, uh, Rufus, and then the uh, army guy, I can't think of his name, and, Pretty you know, weird. they go back in time, and they the Hindenburg doesn't explode, but eventually explodes, people who didn't die do die, on and on, and it has consequences in the future, because Lucy, the main female character, uh, the, histor- the you know, the, the master historian, whatever, her mom is not sick, but her sister doesn't exist. Right. And like I said, That's they huge. seem to be committed to it because, you know, the guy says right off, he's like, no, we can never double back. We don't get any do-overs. What's happened has happened. Yeah, and I found that was interesting as well. Um, funniest line of the entire episode. Um, there is no – I don't know if you know this. I'm a black man, and there's no place in history where that's cool. <laughs> there is literally no place in American history that is cool for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that was awesome. I like, too, that they actually gave us a little bit of history, like they explained why the Hindenburg exploded, you know, yes. that it had to circle. It was building up static electricity. They dragged the, the tether ropes through the yep. water, and yep. it created a grounding 
and that's what and that's made the spark. That's why spark. Yep. I, um, was, I liked how Lucy was just like, this top is all wrong. This is not from this era. And, you know, I mean, she clearly is the expert of history. Yes. Yes. Now, I wonder going forward. Now, I know as it stands, they remember how what had happened. But the other people didn't. Right. But they don't seem to know the difference. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, most time right. travel things, yep. if something's changed, like they'll know, they'll like, they'll, they'll know both timelines. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then in some instances, they'll start to forget. It sounded original, like, but it seems like they're going to going forward. They're only going to know what they knew originally. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder th- if, if that's going to come into play later where something's been altered, but they don't know what happened. Right. Right. Uh, and then we've also got the, the little side mystery of, you know, the engineer guy that went with them. He was sent there by the inventor of the time machine to, um, record, record them. them. Yep. The, uh, it was one of the time travel things that kind of bothered me, but I was able to let it go was there was no immediacy. So the bad guys grab the time machine. They go back in time to the day of the uh, uh, Hindenburg. Hindenburg and they had their whole plan, you know, oh, well, let's, let's make it stay, you know, let's, let's not let it explode. That way it'll be loaded up with dignitaries and important people. I mean, she was listing people. She's like, you know, this guy invented the helicopter. This guy was key in building the UN. These were really important people in history and they were going to blow them up with a bomb on the way back over. So they had this whole plan why didn't it affect people right then and there? You know, why is it that they were able to assemble I their thought... team and say, let's go, let's do this, and now let's go back in time? And it didn't change, like, around them? I'm going to go with this. Okay. Okay. When they – I'm going to go with this, okay? Um, was it this the show? That was telling me that the timeline seemed to be running parallel, like like the, it's real time or something like that. I watched something that explained it that way. Maybe it wasn't this show. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to go with this. Um, the bad people went back in time, but the timeline uh, – no, see, yeah, you're right, I guess. I'm trying to think of how I can justify that, and I can't. I think the one that you were thinking of where the timelines were running parallel to each other was uh, Flash. Frequency. Frequency, okay. That could have been it, too. Or Flash. Might have been Flash. It doesn't matter. You know what? It doesn't matter. Right. Um, they're they're yeah, doing their you're thing. Right. And you're I, right. You would think as soon as they blipped, everything should have changed immediately. Right. And, and if not, if they were creating an alternate reality, then I'd say, yeah. okay, let them create the alternate reality. You know, in that well, reality. Well, it should have changed to immediately, like... Time should have known that that crew was going to go back in time and what they were going to do. Right. So it should have changed immediately to the, you know, maybe when they blipped back in time that the Hindenburg crashed the next day and on and on and on. Yeah. Because let's not forget either that the other big mystery is the fact that the main bad guy is doing all of this based on notes from a notebook written by Lucy sometime in the future. Like, yeah. she has outlined how all this stuff happened, so he is following it and saying, we need to go back in time to this time, on this day. Like, they knew when to break in, how to do it, because they had already done it, because Lucy wrote about it, when it happened originally, and in the future she writes about it. So, th- there's that whole time loop thing there. You know, if you already know that it's going to happen, do you have the choice to not do it, or do you 
you have to do it because it's faded and it's now written there. Um, my thought is Garcia Flynn is the name of the heel, the heavy, and I, my theory is that's uh, he's her son. Yeah, they might do something like that. I don't know. That's why he has the book. But he is definitely, as far as we can tell, they could pull one of these later on where they're like, oh, he was really doing good work. But as far as we could tell, he's evil because the the people that he's trying to kill, at least in this first episode, were definitely people who were pivotal to well, see, good things. He, he allegedly killed his family. Right. And he states that he didn't in that episode. Or, like, he, he alludes that that's what they want you to believe. Right. So he could be one of those people that's not really evil, but he's out for revenge. Right. And somehow what he was going to do was going to affect, and so that maybe it was going to make so his family wasn't killed or something. And maybe that's what he's trying to do, is prevent his family from dying through these large, elaborate schemes or something. I don't know. Right. I, was I don't a, know. I was a little concerned at first because I recognized the reporter lady. From back then, she was Patty Spivet on Flash last season. Yeah. And I said, oh, man, if they're going to keep her around because, you know, Army Boy's like, oh, I got to save her life because for some reason. He said she reminds me of my wife. Yep. A- and so he was going to save her, and he did save her, and then he didn't save her. And then, yeah. So I was like, okay, so she can come back to Flash now because I know. <laughs> she I know. was a one-off. Flash as well. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to keep watching the show. Oh, I like it. I, I yeah. do. It gets a thumbs up from me for the time travel yeah. stuff because they're yeah. committed to it. If they start rewriting it, then I'll have a problem. But for now, loving it. Um, keeping going. Tuesday nights. Uh, Flash. I thought it was a great episode. But I'm really disappointed at the same time. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, like I said, I thought it was a great episode, but... Like, is is that Flashpoint? Is that the whole Flashpoint story was one episode haphazardly done? Yeah. I know we're going to have some ripples that are going to affect things, but I mean, but like, because I, I want to see how they're going to explain Supergirl coming into this universe. Mm-hmm. If well, they're even going to do that. Fawn did give him that ominous little, you know, oh, you have no idea kind of thing at the end saying that there's a big change. You know, yeah. Things but, have changed like, that you don't even realize. And yeah, Iris isn't talking to her dad, hasn't for years. That's big. But there's a lot more. And like, I, all right. Go ahead. I agree completely. Like, you remember when we talked about it this summer, when we saw that, that um, Grant Gustin had posted the name of the first episode was Flashpoint. And freaking out, we had talked yeah. about it. And my big thing was they needed three episodes, three to four episodes. They need to do it right. To really do it right. I don't think that they did. I think they made a solid episode, a solid episode of the show. I don't think that they did Flashpoint justice. I just, I think, no, they didn't. And I really feel like, you know, Barry really decided really quickly that I guess you needed to go back and kill my mom. Like, yeah, he didn't seem very torn up about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just, I don't know. Like the decision he made was, oh, I don't want to forget how things were. Right. And I don't want to lose my flash powers. So I'm going to go back in time and, and have you kill my mom anyways. And as a result, now my dad is dead too. But at least Joe's doing okay. It, uh, you I, know, I hate to be that guy who says, well, in the comics, but here's the thing in the comic version of Flashpoint, there was so much more going on. Well, he wakes up without his powers. 
and and the world itself was tearing itself apart. You know, there was the war yes. between Atlantis and Thymascara that yes. was destroying the population of the Earth. Like, everything was terrible. It yeah. wasn't just, oh, there are some people in my life who are... Cisco was better off in this version of Flashpoint. Caitlin seemed very happy in this version of Flashpoint. Exactly. Everything actually seemed better. So yeah. it was literally just him being selfish, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, and it really was. Like, but I just, like... I. Yeah, he really made that decision so quickly and easily that, guess you gotta go kill my mom. Yeah. It, it felt like there was no real gravity behind the decision. Like, in the comics, there was a lot of gravity behind the decision. Because oh, yeah, it was my happiness and the world is destroyed, or the world is okay and I'm sad because my parents are gone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely the, wasn't the same level of. Mm-mm. Not at all. Uh, the ripples will be interesting to see how they're going to do that. But, again, I don't think that it had the gravity that it needed to have. I'm not super pissed, but I'm I'm upset. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I mean, it's frustrating because at least if it was a bad episode, it would you, you maybe you'd feel more justified. Right. Um, because you'd be like, well, it was a crappy episode, and they didn't do it right. But instead, like, well, it was actually a pretty good episode, but, you know, they yeah. didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it, a big grudgingly. It's big grudgingly, you know. I still liked a lot of it. It still had that familiar Flash energy, um, the cuteness, the campiness that is missing yeah. in shows like Arrow. And well, Arrow, you know what? I've just, Arrow's dark as dark can get, and Flash is just bright and happy, so. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, it, but yeah, it's balanced out well. It, it was so far. it was a fun episode for what it was, but it was definitely not a season premiere, and it was definitely not Flashpoint. No, it was not Flashpoint. No way, shape, or form. Boo to that. Let's just uh, let's just keep with it, kind of, if you will. Sure. And uh, Arrow. Mm-hmm. Just keeping the universe uh, again. That was. <laughs> Uh, a great first episode, I thought. My first note was literally, well, here we go again. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that killing's back on the table. Yeah, yeah. He, he was um, missing a little edge with that. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got his edge back. And I am I am sort of interested, you know, who his new team's going to be. Right. You know, because Diggle says he needs a team. Speedy's like, I did this this one time, but I'm not doing this again. Right. You know, um, once again, I got to shake my head, though, because, and I know there's too many people with arrows. Yes. You know, like, and the new villain at the end of the episode is an archer as well. Mm hmm. You know, and I. Well, it's just like how Flash's main villain is always a speedster. Yes, yes, I know, but that doesn't bother me as badly. I would rather see Mirror Master. Let's bring yeah. Mirror Master on a flash. Let's let him be the villain for the season. Anyway, I, I digress. Ah, that'd be great. That would be great. But anyhow, so yeah, like you said, I digress. Um, but it was a good episode. And uh, other than, um, oh, God, not Mr. it's not Mr. Amazing. What's his name? Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific, thank you. Other than we know that he's going to be part of the team, I'm curious to see who else is. Well, we got to see Mad Dog or 
Was that it? Mad yeah, Dog? Yeah, Mad Dog or something like I, that. Yeah. I made a note. I'm like, is he fighting Casey Jones? Is this because he was Casey I Jones in that horrible Turtles I, movie? I, oh, God. That was <laughs> But we've got the flashbacks again. Yay! But this is supposed to be the last season of flashbacks. Thank God for that. It's supposed um, to be the last season of flashbacks. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And this was another sore spot for me. The new crime boss in town, Tobias Church, a.k.a. Chiron, the the ferryman for the underworld. It's Tyrese from Walking Dead in a very yeah. different role. Uh, he's Massive, apparently yeah. really strong. Yeah. Maybe not super-powered strong, but he's really strong because he just beats that guy right to death. But his whole introduction was cheesy and lame and over the top, and even a comic book villain would say, "Wow, that's a bit much, dude." Yeah, I, I agree. It it felt really, um, I don't know, comical almost. Right. Yeah. And uh, we also got to see that Captain Lance has fallen back off the wagon. Yeah, he's drinking again. He's not handling his uh, issues with Laurel. Nope, nope. Now, I forget, at the end of the last season, does he know that Sarah is off in time? Does he know that she's still alive, or is he yes. under the impression? Okay. She, he knows that Sarah is off with on the Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, because I thought it was a um, little bit uh, cowardly to only have Laurel's picture yeah. sitting right by the door. Yeah, but he knows that Sarah's still alive. Now, because remember, he wanted to uh, take Laurel to... Wait, no, was it him that wanted to take Laurel to the Lazarus Pit, or was that Sarah? No, he did. Okay, yeah, yeah it was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he knew that Sarah was back because yep. he wanted to do the same thing for Laurel. Yeah. Um, keeping with news on this, did you see that Stephen Mel posted on Facebook a picture of him and uh, Katie Cassidy and the album of Era 100th episode? <sighs> so we'll see her in a flashback. We'll see her some way. Maybe maybe the flashpoint is going to affect it. Who knows? Oh, that'd be nice. But, but um, yeah. And then Matt Ryan at New York Comic Con stated that he's absolutely open to re, uh, reprising Constantine. Yes. They really Which, need uh, to make that happen. So many uh, people want it to happen. You know, incidentally, um, CW is no longer on Hulu. Yeah. They signed a deal with Netflix so that the entire season will be released on Netflix eight days after the season finale. And I was like, what? I'm not waiting all that time. Um, but then I saw that on September 27th, basically the same day as they announced that deal, CW launched their own app, their own Roku channel, if you will, and you can watch all their shows for free. With limited commercials. Hmm. I was going to say, that's how I used to watch my CW shows when I wasn't around the house, was the CW app on my iPad. Yeah, no, they launched a brand new one. And they also have another one called CW Seed, which I don't know why they call it Seed or whatever, but it has the complete series of Constantine on there. Hmm. And speaking of that, I remember I told you about the uh, Warner um, archive with Constantine and how it was listed in the comic book. Yes. But it wasn't on their website yet. Um, but apparently, I guess NBC Universal has decided they're going to release the first season. Huh. And the complete series is available as of uh, now. Cool. For thirty four ninety nine on Blu-ray. But I don't know if, I will, at least on Amazon it is. 
So I don't know if that is also a um, and DVD is twenty nine ninety nine. So, but I don't know if that's an on demand type scenario as well either. Yeah, no, that's part of the Warner Archive collection. So apparently, it's probably now up on Warner Archive. So and apparently, it is ranked number eighty in uh, Blu-ray for movies and TV. Hmm. And the seller ranking. So there. What we... about the attic ranking though? Seller as in purchaser. Ah. Or person selling an item, not like a dwelling. So anyways, uh, <laughs> um, I, I didn't watch American Horror Story. I don't know if I'm going to get back on that horse or not. I'm not, so you'll have to be the one for news on that. Uh, real quick, SVU, once again, it was a good episode. It was a good story, but it wasn't breathtaking. It wasn't anything to write home about. If you like Law and Order and you like that format that they have, uh, and you'll like the you'll like the episode. Uh, kind of the same thing with Criminal Minds. Again, um, this format was a little different. It was told in flashbacks style with AJ relating the most uh, a difficult case of a child killer to her husband. And uh, so we also learned more about the new new member of the team and everything. Um, but again, wasn't anything other than the, the style with which it was presented. There was really nothing unique about the episode. It was basically the same type of episode. And I feel like this is the last episode with Hodgner since he, since the, you know, he got fired. I think it was the second episode when he got fired. I don't remember how far in they were. Yeah. I know I think that they I said that they had a few in the can, but. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, um, so yeah, uh, that uh, pretty much covers that. Uh, Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Lethal Weapon kind of has fallen right in line with all the other shows that have been out there a long time for me. Like, I mean, it wasn't, it was a, it was decent, but nothing spectacular. I. I liked some of the aspects of it. You're right. There was nothing, like, my notes are very short for it. Um, that one of my notes was the aging security guard was Captain Stottlemyre on Monk. Oh my goodness. Talk about a <laughs> appearance, right? Yeah. He, he has that distinct voice. Like, you wouldn't recognize him right off because he had that big old bushy beard and the, the, uh, bald and mullet. Long hair. Yeah. And he seemed to have lost quite a bit of weight. Yep, but then when he started talking, I'm like, oh, Monk. <laughs> second he started talking, yep. like, oh, I know that guy. Um, I did like, I, I like some of the witty banter between the captain and the officers. Like, you don't see much of him, but little things like, he took a cattle prod for you? Yeah, he did. Mm, I wouldn't have done that for you. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. But I... Did like one thing that really stood out to me that I liked okay. was um, the fact that Riggs finds out that the that the security guard has the truck. He shows up at the place. Murtaugh's trying to like help the guy out, and Riggs' first response is, "I'm with you on this. I got your back." You know, it wasn't one of these like, "Oh, we got to do this or anything." He was just like, "You're my partner. I got your back," and that was yeah. it. It was done. There was no more discussion about it or or worrying or we should do this or nope. They were just like, "We're going to help him out." Okay, I trust you. Do it. Yeah. No. Exactly. And even like uh, Mortaz, well, the Stoudemire character was just like, "Are you sure you guys have only been partnering for a short while?" 
Because you guys work really well together, you know? So, yep. I mean, they, they made it a point of saying that. But, yeah, no, I did like that as well. <sighs> but, yeah, otherwise it was just an episode. You know, I had, like, four notes, and those were mostly just here's what happened during. Um, Superstore, I wasn't – I don't know. <laughs> I wanted, I want to see somewhere online the crazy white guy list. Oh, yeah. That the, yes. the guy in the wheelchair was talking about, which he's not really in a wheelchair, but he's right. like, oh, I got this list going. And he had lots of things on there, you know, this crazy white guy stuff that you talk about. I want to yep. see that list. Yeah, I know. That, that does seem pretty funny. And I like, you know, his, he's refusing to sell guns to people because he feels like he. <laughs> I just lost my job too. I've never been so upset in my life. Yeah, I'm not selling you a gun. Yeah, like, yeah. they're gonna be sorry. I tell you what, it's like, whoa. Yeah, oh, I don't trust redheads. Oh, you yeah. sound angry. Like all his reasons for not wanting to sell someone a gun. Um, I but, like how the store manager was trying to prevent that couple from buying the morning after pill. Oh my god! So he says he's gonna buy them all. And it's like eleven hundred, fifteen hundred dollars, and he's like, "I gotta return these." Oh, I can't return medication. You could have tampered with them. Yeah, I'm standing right here in front of you. I don't know that. I blinked or whatever. Yep. And then he's like, "I can't afford this with my seventeen kids and (laughs) all my bills." (laughs) I thought it was really good that the pharmacist stood up to him like that, though. You know, he's like, "No, you shouldn't have done this." He's like, "Sorry, I'm following the rules." And then he tries to go and sell people or convince people to buy the morning after pill. That was oh, awkward. You look like you're sexually active. <laughs> he's Mark McKinney's come a long way from the kids in the hall, but oh, yeah. he's still a funny guy. I really like yeah. him. I enjoy I enjoy the show. It's you know half hour comedy, and I do laugh. Yep. Yep. So it gets the job done. Oh, the stupid stuff with the crows. Uh, oh my god. The trail of bird seed leading out of the store. Then all the crows are like, let's go in. And then uh, she, they catch it in the bag. Here, go and take care of this. And you see him in the background beating it to death. Yeah, which was a little ridiculous because she had made it very apparent from the beginning that she did not want crows harmed. And then she's right. like, take care of this. And he's like, really? I'll go beat all it to right. death. Yeah. Ah, <clears throat> uh, well. Uh, do you watch Designated Survivor? I can't remember. I sure do. So, all right, I like the show, but it's starting to get too political with this surviving senator making a power play for the White House. And and I knew, given the premise of this show, that it was possible that politics would come into play. But I'm not a fan of politics, and I certainly hope this doesn't ruin the show for me. I think that you are going to see a balance between politics and action, but you're going to see politics. That's going to be the primary driving oh. force behind it. I mean, I knew I would, but I thought where they killed everyone, it wouldn't be that bad. Right. But it's definitely, you know, the idea behind the show is how do you rebuild the political system after this kind of thing. So you'll still have the hunt for the bombers, and I'm glad that they – are looking more deeply at other people, even though they kind of threw that, the, the video was leaked out to the public. Right, but, right. But I'm glad that they're looking more deeply at that. I just, yep. yeah, be prepared. It's going to be yep. political. The only thing I've ever watched that was a political of nature that I enjoyed was The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy because it showed what such a farce politics really was. Gotcha. 
Yeah. So, so you weren't a fan of the American president or Dave? Oh no, I, I actually, I, I, Dave was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was a rom-com. And then the, the, the American president, was that the Michael Douglas one? Yes. I don't think I ever watched that. Michael Douglas, Martin Sheen, Michael J. Fox. Uh, I don't think I watched that. I remember watching, uh, was it Primary Colors? Was that the one with uh, John Travolta where he basically played Bill Clinton? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I never yeah, watched I, that one. I remember watching, uh, I only watched that because of my ex-wife like John Travolta. I don't think I was paying attention though. It's an odd but, thing to like, but okay. Does she John, know he's into dudes? John Travolta? Yeah. He's into dudes? <laughs> of course he is. Everybody knows that. He was married to Kelly Preston. Yeah. Oh. Go, go look it up on the internet sometime. It's, it's a humorous thing. Oh, okay. All right. No, Fair it's, enough. it's one of those like everybody in the world knows he's into dudes. He's still married and he says he's not into dudes, but everybody knows he is. Okay. Yeah. He's gotten in trouble before for, uh, molesting male massage parlor employees and such. Well, that, 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 that seems. He's John Travolta. He doesn't have to do something like that. None of he them have to do stuff like he that. He can find someone who can buy it. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, see, I don't mind, and in some cases I actually like uh, political stuff, as long as it's not just straight up like policy and procedure and vetoes and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I actually like that political aspect of this, so I'm all for it. I'm enjoying Designated Survivor quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this episode. I really like Keith Sutherland as the uh, the president. Um, you know, I like the little twist of the survivor that they found is maybe suspicious in nature. Right, because, you know, 34 seconds is missing. And yeah. during that 34 seconds, he was not in his seat with the rest of them. Yeah. He so, was there. The cameras go out, and he got up and went somewhere else. Exactly. So that's going to be interesting to find out. I thought that it was a little quick... Uh, the way that her son turned around his drug dealing habit. But you know what? I'd rather have that happen than have to have that be an ongoing issue in the background. There's Absolutely. Oh, I, yeah, I was glad. There's enough going on that we don't need to deal with any. I think it would have been easier if he only had the one kid, the young daughter, and that'd be the end of it. Because uh, you know one or both is getting kidnapped at some point this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably by somebody within the organization. Yeah. You know, to like the general will put them up to it or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's still interesting to me and it's still fun. Um next week promises to be they they said that there's another mutiny coming. So something like Michigan again, I'm sure. But you know, honestly, I hope they don't keep doing mutiny after mutiny just to have them fail every time. Because it's just, it'll become redundant. Yes, yes, that definitely will. If it's just constantly putting out little fires here and there, yeah, I don't want to see but that. That's, but that's the political landscape. <laughs> it certainly can be. Yeah. Uh, frequency, did you watch it? I sure did. How do you feel about it? Well, my thought is this. I've seen the original movie like a dozen times. I oh, love yeah, it's it. It's great. Like the, I love the ending. It, it's up there in like my top ten movies probably um, if I had to make a list. But I felt that this show – Would Flatliners be high up on your list? What is it? Flatliners. 
You know, I've only seen Flatliners once and it made no impression on me because I was younger when I saw it, so I don't know. See, that's another movie I've been thinking about a lot lately that I haven't seen since I was younger that I'm like, you know what? I think I want to watch that again. They got a TV series coming out based on it. I think that's what inspired me to want to watch the movie again. Gotcha. Because I I remember it kind of vaguely, but it's got a great cast. Yes. You know, it's definitely got a really, really good cast, and I think that has that has a lot of appeal to it. Right. Sorry, but frequency. Frequency, I felt that the show has potential, uh, but a lot of it was a very sped-up, condensed version of the movie. Yes, that's pretty much my note as well, is basically the first episode is most of the storyline of the movie – uh, we have a female lead. It takes place from 1996 to 2016 instead of 1969 to 1999. So a 20-year gap as opposed to a 30-year gap. Um, I like the first episode, but I'm really curious where the show is going to go after the movie storyline is done. Right. See, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, so they've they kept so much of the movie that – I'm wondering if that's what they're planning on playing out for the whole season, which would be hard because they've already done like three quarters of the movie in the first episode. You know, the right, call yeah. sign on the ham radio was the same. The, she's, the, the main character has a best friend named Gordo from childhood. It, yeah. There's a lot that's the same, but there's enough that's different that I'm hoping they allow themselves to branch off and say, okay, we're investigating the Nightingale murders. You know, maybe the fact that her mom is now dead as one of the victims of the Nightingale murderer, it it could take up some of the first season. I can't see it taking up the whole first season. It would be too much. I think that what they need to do is they need to have it take up, you know, five or six episodes, maybe like a, a hiatus break, you know, they finally yep. solve it, but then something else is different. And now when we come back, she's going to help her dad solve another case or, you know, a string of cases or something. It's a great concept. I'm really excited about this. I said that when it first came out, but yeah, it's how many seasons can it go for talking to her dad on the ham radio years ago? Right. Because eventually you'd catch up to each other. Right. Because you can't, I mean, how many cases can they conceivably, come up with that connect both timelines. It, it's true. Um, she'd have to be looking at like cases that never got solved. It could also be the timeless effect where by solving this one, but he solved it in a different way. Now it's altered the future. So now something else happened. You know, there's a killer right. on the loose still who never now got we, captured. But even then that storyline's going to get old. If it's every time, every new episode is affected by what happened last episode. Right. Oh, now we gotta do this. Now we gotta do that. After like three or four times, just stop doing anything. Right. Just say, I'm sorry, I gotta let that person be dead. <laughs> That's why I'm really curious to see. Yeah. And the other thing was that in the movie, of course, it was solar activity. The Aurora Borealis was being seen in the yeah. skies more yeah. than it had ever been seen. So it was a limited time that the ham radio would connect them. Right. Um, we heard in this that, you know, when she changed the past, her dad now died in a car accident. In the movie, it was, oh, he didn't die in the fire, but he died of lung cancer. So then yep. they were able to fix that. You know, is she going to, is her new goal to get mom back and then keep dad from dying in the car accident? As a result, what happens then? It, I'm very, I'm optimistic. But I yeah, definitely I see where things. there are a lot of pitfalls everywhere. It's like I'm, yeah, I'm tiptoeing. 
I want good things, but there's no yeah, there's there's no guarantee. Right. <sighs> it's so, gonna be interesting. Yeah, just real quick before I forget, because I'll forget if I don't do this. So Supergirl comes back tonight. Yes, it does. Monday night. And then uh, tomorrow night is The Middle comes back, which I do like that show for some reason still. And then the new show, Channel Zero, finally. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious about that. And then Legends of Tomorrow and Supernatural come back this week as well. Yes. So for some reason, I just felt the need to, before I forget. Um, Thursday night. Uh, I only got two shows. Uh, the Did, Good Place. Yep. Um, do you watch that? Yes, you do. Did you watch that episode? I did. Um, good, good episode. Uh, you know, more backstory as far as uh, how her actions are affecting the Good Place. Supposedly. Like supposedly, yeah. Like they're telling us that it's all her stuff that's affecting it, but yeah. we still don't one hundred percent know. Right. You know, we got more backstory on Tahini this time. Sorry, Tahani. Tahini's a type of fish. Tahani, yeah. But they actually <laughs> called her Tahini at one point, which was funny. Oh yeah, her parents misspelled her name in the will, so she doesn't actually get anything. Right. And it turns I mean, out that little Miss Perfect was actually runner up to her sister who was like the world's most perfect person. Yeah, who her parents absolutely loved and adored, and yeah. yeah. I, I love the fact that they have, like, the designation was clear. It wasn't, we have an emergency or we have a catastrophe. It was, we have a Category 55 doomsday crisis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah! <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's not that bad. Uh, is there any place I can go where we can talk in private and people won't hear me scream? <laughs> Yeah, Ted Danson's great on this show. He is, and Janet, the woman that's playing Janet, does oh, such man. a great job being yes. his straight man. Yes, I love it. I love it. Just big smile on her face the whole time, and then what was it last week? She got the different personality things, and she kept talking in innuendo or <laughs> yep. catchphrases or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> um, I uh, one of my favorite lines from this episode was uh, they she. They're all stuck in their houses because the sinkhole keeps growing. It's now encompassed most of the center of town, um, and they can't figure out how to stop it. So yeah. everybody's been confined to their houses, and these two people, their house was swallowed, so they're brought over to her, Eleanor, and, and what's his name? Um, no, I'll just call him Abed. Okay. Brought over to their house to stay, and, uh, yeah. they're oh, worried. Cheaty. They're like, Cheaty. yes. And, uh, She's like, you know, they heard us. They're going to talk to people. They're going to talk to people. I, I think maybe what they're looking for is they're looking to swing. I, I Let's do it. Let's take one for the team so they don't talk. And he's like, I am not going to have sex with somebody to keep them from talking. And she's like, wow, you and I have completely different ideas of life. Yeah. <laughs> and then later and then later on when, like, she thinks she's been proven right, I know this is not the time, but I told you so. Yes. Yep. And – Somewhere in there, you know, yes, maybe it's because she um, she finally did something nice for Chidi and, and said, you know, it doesn't always have to be about me. Here you go. Yeah. Have your perfect day out on a boat, which was funny because he's never rode a boat. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> but, it was a perfect day in theory. <laughs> you know, maybe that's why the sinkhole miraculously and suddenly fully 100% repaired itself. Don't yeah. know. But it, it could also be because Tahani had her realization that she could be okay with not being her sister. Yep. It's interesting. There's there's a lot more at work here. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep watching and see where it goes. I'm enjoying it quite a bit, actually. I think this is a fun show. Uh, for a half-hour sitcom, it's deeper than I expected, and it's keeping my interest a lot better than I thought it would. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100% on both of those. So, Okay. Uh, blacklist. Blacklist. So I actually wrote down that this was a more like a business as usual episode with the underlining fact that they're looking for the baby. Yep. Um, and then we get to see, you know, uh, Elizabeth and Tom be not super spies, but basically con artists. Right. Right. Yeah. They, they lay down a grift, (laughs) you know, leverage style. Um, I'm still waiting to see um, how they're setting this up so that – I mean, we've already laid the groundwork, but at what point is Tom going to leave? Because he's heading to the spinoff show. Well, okay, so did you notice how easily like Raymond was like, oh, well, this is the reason why he wants you. He doesn't care about you. It's because he needs your bone marrow and blah, blah, blah. And right. So uh, quickly, oh, okay, that makes sense now. I guess I will stick around here. Um, that and she's way too calm for someone looking for her child. <laughs> like that's the other thing. Like way, 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 way too calm for someone who's looking for a baby. Like, yeah, yeah. She she did seem. Uh, you one might say that with all of her FBI training, you know, maybe she's falling back into that where you have to keep a level head. You know, it's kind of like you can't have police officers who are freaking out on the scene and like, oh my God, where's my baby? Where's my baby? You know, you you have to have some kind of... Oh no, I live that every night. I completely understand that. Right. So I but, I could kind of write it off to that, but I know what you mean. You know, When it comes to your kids though, it's just no, no. Too calm, I think. But eh, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I thought it was a good episode. I thought that um, the plot line that Navabi is putting in a request to leave, to transfer, like, she's just plain old pissed. Oh, yeah. She's just upset. She's angry, and she has every right to be. Yep. She wants out of the unit, and she's thinking about maybe not being out of the unit because, you know, and this is another one of those cases that I don't like where, you know, the nerdy tech guy has been hitting on her and awkward around her for all these years. And she's blown him off to go be with wrestler, to be with anybody else. And she's like, no, no, no. And now suddenly she's like, you know, maybe I'll give him a try. And he has a girlfriend, you know, she hears the girl come in and that was really odd. The girl like walks in in jogging pants and a shirt, just strips them off completely and says, should I get in the shower or do you want to do this now? Wow. That Okay. Yeah, that was that was odd, peculiar. And Hooray weird. for the honeymoon phase. <laughs> but she hears that, and now she's like, nope, nope, now I gotta, uh, I'm sorry, nope. Instead of saying something to him or like, you know, hey, I had this thought, no, now she's like, that's it, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm not yeah, a fan of that. how things were. No, either am I. 
But, Neither am I. And, and then we had the like three or four different scenes in the um, in the woods there with the cleaner lady waking up. Yeah, a dog approaching her, a hunter approaching her, or getting dragged through the woods. Yeah, she like she was looking at herself in the water and like freaking out. Although when you look at her face, it doesn't look that bad. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was the snake eyes effect for me. Yep. Yeah. So now she uh, she's got somebody taking her off somewhere. Could be a hillbilly mountain man. Could be a good Samaritan. Could be another spy type agent who knows who she is. Yeah. It could be one of Reddington's guys. Yep. Yep. You know, it's um, definitely not Denby, but I mean, it could be. Uh, it's a ponytail guy name. Can't think of it. Doesn't matter. But it could be someone of Reddington's guys. So. It could be. Um, I I liked the story that they had going, where they basically cut the power grid in Atlanta so that the CDC had to move all their vi- uh, virus samples. The, the worst of the worst. Why would they put them all in one train? I don't know. But very heistish, you know, having the second train yeah. tracks there and the hidden warehouse. You would think they would and, break that stuff up, yeah. And the fact that he was going for that one because every male in his bloodline seems to contract this disease and it destroys yeah. them, except for that one uncle who got the, what is it, the Rabowski virus. And he came yeah. down with the Rabowski virus and for some reason he ended up living till he was like 80 or 90. So this guy's like, well, it must have helped him. It's going to help me. It's, I like that because it's, it's thinking. Logical. Yeah, it's logical. Yeah. It adds depth to it. It's not just, you know, he was trying to steal bone marrow from someone who's compatible with him. This was right. like an evil genius plot, which is what you expect on the blacklist. Right. You expect evil geniuses. Yep. Cause that's what we get. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, good episode. Yep. Yep. Oh, Friday night. Friday night. Do I even have anything on Friday nights? Oh, yeah. I watched yeah. the third episode of The Exorcist and whatever. Yeah, we get more backstory on the older sister and how she had a thing, a fling with her, one of the girls in her dance troupe and had a car accident. She broke her leg. The girl died and... Yeah. Now they all blame her. Yeah. And then, okay, so the younger sister's on the train. Yep. She gets accosted by a guy who is very inappropriate with her, even though she's telling him to stop and doing the whole no means no routine, and he's just kind of like, come on, come on, you dress like that, you know you want it. It, it was and almost everyone, like something out of an after-school special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then everyone's standing around watching, shaking their heads in disgust, but no one's doing anything about it. Although his buds are, like, cheering him on. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when she goes de- goes all possessed and starts to... uh Lay into him. And Reassemble him a, his body. <laughs> and give him a beating. All of a sudden now, everyone's like, hey, no, you got to stop. You can't do that. What are you right. talking about? This guy just tried to rape me in front of you. I'm defending myself, and yet you're telling me I can't. Obviously, she was shredding his chest and stomach area with her fingernails, and blood was everywhere. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's... A couple of things, like, on that train scene, 
I thought dad was having a stroke. Like he's already got mental issues, you know, he's got brain damage somehow. But the fact that he was like talking to her and then he just turned his head to the window and his mouth started drooping. I thought he was having a stroke and I'm like, oh my God, get back to him, get back to him. And then she does this whole thing where she flips out, kills the guy, whatever. And then we go back to him and he's waking up like he just took a nap, like he just took a power nap. I didn't understand that. I didn't know why they made it look like he was serious. Like she was even saying, she's like, dad, dad. And nobody stopped to help him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he was unconscious basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a, I had a lot of problems with that ending scene as far as, you know, the I, bystanders and how it was handled. And I had a lot of problems with the whole thing because, yeah. you know, we had the young, the younger sister being interviewed by the two priests. She yeah. goes full demon. She's like speaking in Aramaic and oh, yeah. flipping yeah. out on them and telling them everything that they need to know. And then the church is like, eh, we can't hear it that well. Oh, she by the way, a counselor. yeah, she needs psych help and you're excommunicated. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense. And it's, it was a plot device, which really bothered me. You know, it was just set up so that we'd all go, oh no, now what are they going to do? It's going to be harder to get the demon out of her. I know this is probably going to sound ridiculous. Okay. But the younger sister, Casey, all right, she's supposed to be about 15 on the show? Yeah. Yeah. I felt the way she dressed was highly inappropriate for a (laughs) 15-year-old. I'm an old man, apparently, though, about things like that. I'm going to be horrible when my daughter gets to be older. Gosh. She's seven. I already can't stand the way she dresses. She picks out her own clothes, but whatever. Neither here nor there. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to watch another episode of this show or not. I'm sticking with it for now out of sheer morbid curiosity. But if it got canceled tomorrow or if I had a conflict or if I just didn't feel like it, I'd have no problem saying done. Yeah. It has not grabbed me at all. Yeah, same here, dude. Same here. Uh, the only other new show that I watched was the Netflix original Luke Cage. I have seen the first episode and a half of that. Okay. Um, let's see, how do I say this? I don't want to give it away. Um, hmm. All right, I'll just say it. I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. To me, what I feel like it is so far is one long six hour nineteen seventies black exploitation movie. <laughs> um Kevin Smith was actually on he's got a new show with Greg Grunberg called Geeking Out. Yeah. And he said that he was like, it this is not a black exploitation show. This is a comic show. It is very black, but it is not black exploitation. It is definitely a period type thing. It, it's a cultural thing. It really is. You know, the, it's Dude, like the movie Barbershop. You wouldn't call Barbershop black exploitation. No, I wouldn't. But like, this was a specific type of movies they made in the seventies, mm-hmm. where basically you had a guy defending his hometown from an evil bad guy who, who was also powerful in the community, and fighting and killing happens, and the bad guy loses. I mean, that's what's happening in this show. But you also just described a lot of other movies and TV shows. Right, but the style with which it's done, the dialogue, 
the music, uh, the guy, the fact that the guy's name is Cottonmouth. I mean, all of these things just scream black exploitation movies from the seventies. I could see, I could see where you'd say that. I, I just, I'm not buying into that. I uh, the, wait till you watch more. Okay. I've only watched an episode the, and a half. Wait till you watch more. The music, I definitely, I'll give you. It's out of the seventies. Remember that Luke Cage, the comics came out in the seventies. He is not. This right. is not the seventies in the show. He is not a character of the seventies. But they're definitely throwing back to it. They've already made right. several references. Pops is calling him Power Man, which was yep. his original name in the comics. Um, but. I think that it was set up personally from what I've seen in the episode and a half. I think that it was set up as a cultural piece rather than actual straight up black exploitation. That's just my take so far. I'm going to watch more and I'm going to see it. I liked what I saw so far. I liked seeing Luke kick some ass. Um, I liked seeing him basically like it's interesting. He's one of the most powerful men on the planet, essentially. You know, he's invincible, he's super strong, bulletproof, etc. And he's hiding. You know, he's trying to hide out based on what happened to Jessica Jones, based on how he feels as a person. Um, the reluctant hero. You know, they're like, you could do this. And he's working two jobs to try to make some money. He He's just trying to be a normal type of guy. Yeah. Which is an interesting no. take for a superhero. Right. No, no, no. And, 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 and I'm not saying, well, I was going to say, I'm not saying I don't like it because I don't know if I like it. How I've much have you six, seen? Six episodes. And I feel like with the end of the sixth episode, I feel like it really, if it has that uh, mid season finale feel where they're going to go on hiatus now. Gotcha. The way that, way that episode ends and with what happens in that episode. And so, like, I'm just I'm gonna take a break from a little while. Um, I'll I'll get around to watching it eventually. But it does not pull me in like like Daredevil did or Jessica Jones did, where I want to sit and binge the whole thing. Gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know. It, to me, it's the weakest of the uh, Marvel series on Netflix. Cool. That we've seen so far. And that's that's fine. I mean, there always has to be a weakest one. Um, but I am looking forward to watching more of it. It definitely, the bits that I saw, the episode and a half that I saw, it felt more, um, it's not political, that's not the word, but it felt more um, underworldy. Like, when we first got into Daredevil, it was, you know, he was a lawyer. We followed him, him, him. This one is already following the bad guys more than it's following the hero. You know? Yeah, no, they definitely do spread the screen time around. Yeah, we were already focusing on the club yeah. owners and, you know, the, the empire that he's trying to raise up and the different people that he's got in his pocket. So it definitely felt that we were more focused on them than we were yeah. on Luke and his role in all this. I can't remember if it's episode four or five. I want to say it's five. We get the origin story for Luke finally. Oh, good. Uh, you know, told in flashback form. Right, and uh, right. I really did. I did enjoy that. That's, that's what I've enjoyed the most so far is how he came to be who he is and how he got his, his thing. Rudes watched the whole thing. All 13 episodes. And his biggest problem is that they don't, he doesn't feel like that they're highlighting 
his other abilities enough, like his strength. Like Rue's just like, this is the guy that went toe to toe with the Hulk once. Mm-hmm. And yet all they seem to be focusing on the show is the fact that he's bulletproof and he can bend guns. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I feel with regards to that, it's kind of like, uh, the old jokes about Superman and sex with Lois Lane type of thing. I, yes. I imagine uh, that he's uh, uh, had to learn to pull his punches because he is strong enough that if he cracked somebody across the jaw, their jaw would go across the, uh, speaking of oh, which, yeah, hold on he, just a second. Yeah. I, I got to take one quick step back to the exorcist. That was one of the most gruesome, um, de jawings I have seen in a while. Oh my God. Yes. I don't know how we didn't talk about that. That was Violent, like she was clawing at his chest and everything, and then her dad's finally like, "Stop, stop!" And she grabbed that lower jaw and yarded it to the side. And it wasn't like a quick snap; she put pressure and was twisting, and that jaw. Now that was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. That was vile, vicious, evil, and brutal. I just thought of that when I said cracking them across the jaw. I'm like, oh, gee. (laughs) And that guy was not screaming in pain nearly enough afterwards. He was kind of lumped over on the ground, but he he should have been. Well, maybe he couldn't. Maybe it would have been like, (laughs) because, you know, his jaw's all disconnected. Um, (sighs) But, yeah, I think Luke probably has had to learn to pull his punches. Um, you know, so that he doesn't kill people. So I get that aspect of it. You know, if he really was letting loose, yeah, every guy that he punched on there would be dead right now. He would just level them. So I don't know. Maybe that's the angle that they're going for. Um, maybe I guess because so far in these six episodes, he hasn't fought another superhero or anything. He's just fighting normal people. And I don't think he wants to kill anyone. So I Hmm. guess that would make sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But anyhow, Rude did say it did get better going forward from episode seven with some new people they introduced onto the show. Cool. I just, I'm just waiting for the, it's when it feels right. Got to jump back in. Right. Because I don't feel an urgency to do so at all. Gotcha. I'll be honest. I don't either. Like, I'm not yeah. sitting here going, oh, I can't wait to get into the next episode. Yeah, no, I don't feel an urgency whatsoever. But I'm still going to watch it, and I'm still excited to see it, because they have been creating a nice world. Those Marvel and Netflix peoples. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed the worlds, absolutely. I love John Barathol as the Punisher, and I have said <laughs> that multiple times. Yes, so you I- have. And there's a big rumor going around now where we're going to see the Netflix shows and S.H.I.E.L.D. do a crossover. Excuse me. Mm. I read something about that possibly happening. And then also coming out of New York City Comic Con that Fox and Marvel are trying to make nice, nice with each other. So we may see the X-Men in Infinity Wars. No, I don't care. Keep the X-Men. Put Deadpool in a Marvel movie. Bring Deadpool over there. I will be the happiest camper. I'm in the X-Men universe, like Wolverine. Yep. That, like if, and I think, I think if Wolverine gets an Infinity Wars, I think that'll be enough for Hugh Jackman to say, all right, I'll do one more. Yes. He's pushing for that so hard. And honestly, if Wolverine shows up in a Marvel movie, Deadpool will be there. Ryan Reynolds is already um, trolling the Logan posters. 
and <laughs> it's beautiful. Like there's that poster where he's holding the little kid's hand, and yeah. he's like, "Fun fact, that's my hand he's holding." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nice. so uh, yes, that's my big hope is that Deadpool moves over there as well, or can at least show up there because it would be yeah. so perfect. Like the X Men would be great, but Deadpool would be perfect because he'd make fun of it the whole time. Yes, he would. He absolutely would, and he would fit right in with that universe so well with Spider-Man and Tony Stark Mm. and everything else like that, yeah. Oh, God. That would be some pretty brilliant uh, television movie. Yep. Cinema. (sighs) So, um, I don't have any new shows anymore. Like, I haven't, I don't have any other TV shows I watch this week. I, I know you watch a couple I don't. Yeah. Were they new this week or? They sure were. Uh, what, what, what you got? Oh, you sound so disappointed. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, well, just real quick, kind of like with your um, SVU, How to Get Away with Murder this week uh, was a good episode. The case that they were trying was a guy who paid for a lot of prostitutes, and then he would <laughs> and then he would go on a blog and like rank them based on their looks and stuff like that. He was a very, very scummy guy, and nobody really liked him. So it was a good episode, though. We got to learn one more person who's not dead under the tarp. So that's exciting. Um, I forgot to mention last time, like, when I said that they flash forward and they say, you know, look, here's what happens two months from now, that's because two months from now, that's the episode that will be airing on TV. So... It's not just that they're picking arbitrary stuff. They're like, okay, on, you know, whatever it is, December 8th, when we're about to go on hiatus, we will have caught up to the fact that the house is burning down, there's a dead person under the tarp, and then when it comes back from hiatus, they'll pick up from there with a new flash-forward kind of thing. So I like that aspect of it. It's kind of a neat storytelling. Yeah. Uh, Did you end up going and watching MacGyver? Nope, I'm not gonna. Okay. Uh, third episode was really fun. Uh, it was another go to, like they started off with them running through a burning building and Disco Inferno was playing very loudly. Uh, really enjoyed that. Some of the stuff that he's doing on there with, um, gadgets and stuff is really awesome. Uh, some of it is a little over the top, but then again, it's MacGyver. You expect MacGyver to have over the top stuff. Like in this one, they had to, uh, a guy's chest was filling up with blood. So they had to do makeshift surgery just to get the blood out so that he could breathe. And, uh, they needed a rib separator. Well, they were in a car, so they used the tire jack as a rib separator. Makes sense. Yep. It was big and bulky and it did not except, look comfortable at all. Except the weight of it you think would collapse inward on his chest and yeah. No, no, no. They were holding it. Like it was. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. They were holding it up and like trying to, it was one of those, um, that looks like a diamond. Yep. If that yep. makes sense. Yes. Absolutely. That's the one I pictured. So. Um, it's fun too in this show because he constantly makes reference to his grandfather when he's doing his voiceovers. Um, he'll say, you know, my grandfather always said this. My grandfather always did this. He uh, talks about how his grandfather taught him to invent some of this stuff. So you get the hint that that could be Richard Dean Anderson. Uh, if but, they brought him on the show, I would watch that episode. But he definitely has issues with his father. He does not like his father. He does not talk to his father. Um, his buddy convinces him at the end to finally reach out to his father. He's like, here's the phone. Reach out to your father. And he's like, nope. And he goes in and gets a pad of paper and a pen. And he says, I'll write him a letter. He's like, you'll write him a letter. He's like, trust me. It's my dad. This is all he'll care about. Um, 
but he makes mention of his grandfather a lot. He made mention that he was like a C plus student in biology, that he didn't do well in computers. He's like, I don't understand computers. Other people understand computers. They understand hacking, stuff like that. I don't, but I can make a magnet or a directional wireless jammer type of thing. Right. So I like that aspect too. They're not touting him as the smartest guy in the world in every field. Yeah, I like that. I can get behind that. Yep, but I'm still enjoying it. I, I really uh, – his buddy, they, they were protecting this guy who was a real scumbag, and his buddy kept making comments. He'd be like, that is a punch face. And they're like, what? That is a punch face. That is a face that you just want to punch. I really want to punch <laughs> this guy in the face. <laughs> I like that term. Yep, so I really like that. That was good. Um, what else? Uh, I think like, I, little shows I'm going to skip, you know, Last Man on Earth, stuff like that. I don't yeah. even uh, – I watched a new show, Conviction. The Haley Atwell one. Yes. How was it? It was mediocre. I almost watched it the other night, uh, and then instead I watched Old Twilight Zone. Okay. Well, here's the real short and skinny of it. She is – the daughter of the ex-president of the United States. Her mother is now running for Congress or Senate or something like that, and she's a very hoity-toity, you know, I want my children to look good, look right. Haley Atwell... She's she's Chelsea Clinton? (laughs) Well, kind of, yeah, because... Except, in this case, she's the troublemaker. You know, when we first meet her, she's in jail because she was picked up possessing enough coke to be brought in for distribution. Uh, Yeah. And so she's the the party girl who, you know, spent her whole childhood growing up at the spotlight. She's brilliant, and she's a brilliant legal mind, but, you know, she doesn't want to take the time to devote herself. And she gets forced onto this team where she's going to lead it, and there's one of the Asher brothers, um, Ashmore. Yeah, I saw that in the... Yeah, he he should have been leading the team, but, you know, he got passed over for her and he's bitter about it. And then there's the cop who's a woman who spent 20 years on the force and always looks like somebody pooped in front of her. Like the look on her face is perpetually one that she's like smelling a fart or smelling a fresh pile of poop. And it's very disturbing. So she's got her nose crinkled up all the time. Yep. And you've got the... um, the girl who was Beth on Walking Dead, who plays the, you know, little intern, and she's, like, really clever and, and trying to, like, fit in with everybody, but she's got a dark secret. And Haley Atwell knows and showed her a folder and said, see, I know your secret, I know who you are, and we're going to find that out later. And their final team member, the forensics guy, spent time in prison, yo, so he's got, like, an inside track and, and really feels like the prisoner's plight, man. It was okay. It was a procedural show. It was very pretty. It felt very glamorous. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll care to keep watching it. I watched the first episode. I'll watch like one or two more to see if it gets any better. But for the most part, yep. it just seemed very generic. Fair enough. And uh, I'm looking at my notes. I think the only other thing was Adam Ruins Housing. And... I got to tell you, I got a lot of notes here. I'm not going to go into all the details, but holy God, dude, the big takeaway from this episode wasn't, you know, there was stuff about how buying a house is actually a terrible investment, all the reasons that you shouldn't buy a house, um, 
how it's really throwing money away, et cetera, et cetera. But the big takeaway was how crooked, corrupt, and disturbingly bad Airbnb is. What, what's Airbnb? Airbnb is an internet company that's kind of like a Craigslist for your living space. So you've got your house there. Say you had a spare room, like a guest room or something, and you weren't doing anything with it. You could go on Airbnb and list it and say, hey, I've got a room here for $100 a night. You can come and crash, and uh, you know we've got an air mattress or something like that. And people are like, oh, cool. Uh, Young, when he came up recently, <clears throat> that's how he got the cabin that he stayed in, was a guy owned a cabin out in Belgrade and wasn't living there at the time and said, hey, if you want to pay X number of dollars per night, you can rent out my cabin. So it allows people to almost like sublet their place or, yep. or just rent out a room. And the thing is, it's not uh, federally regulated. They make up their own rules. They have their own standards, and the whole system is horribly corrupt. They're talking about things like um, people would go in, and they would lease like 40 or 50 apartments in different buildings across the city and then never live in them, just Airbnb them out, which is against the law, but nobody's complaining because they're getting cheap rates. It's It was astounding. It was one episode that I think people should really check out before they do anything with Airbnb because – I found myself taking notes and looking down at them and then looking up and saying, I can't believe this company is getting away with this. Really bad, dude. Really, really bad. You know. Yeah, that does sound, that, that does sound pretty horrible. Like, even at just the basics, okay? You know, if, if, um, if you were at a hotel, they're liable for everything. They're liable for, you know, fire alarms, for making sure that the plumbing's working, for making right, sure yeah. that there are smoke alarms. Everything's up to codes. Right. With Airbnb, the homeowner is not required to do any of that stuff. They said Airbnb will actually send somebody to your house to take pictures of the living space. They will not send inspectors to make sure that you have. And I guess over the past couple of years, six different people have had to been taken to the hospital for CO2 poisoning. One person died. Oh, jeez. Sorry, carbon monoxide poisoning, not carbon dioxide. Yeah, carbon, not carbon dioxide, carbon yep. monoxide. And then Airbnb doesn't insure their uh, renters. So, like, say there, there was one guy who rented out his house, and the guest shoved a bunch of stuff in the toilet and blew it up, did $10,000 worth of pipe damage. Airbnb Damn. said, eh, we'll give you 78 bucks." Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why anyone would want to deal with that. It, that's the thing is at that point you've got no recourse. You know, you can't no, do you've got anything. none. And, uh, yeah, so that's definitely something worth checking out. The last part of it was very brief, but it was on the homeless. And essentially the message was, yeah, feeding the homeless doesn't give them a house. Giving them job skills doesn't give them a house. You need to give them a house and then you can give them job skills and then you can get them sober <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. And I guess there's a program in Utah. That's a valid point, I guess. It really is. Um, there's a program in Utah that's doing that. They're taking, you know, low cost housing, apartments, et cetera. They're taking, they took, um, what do they call them? Chronic homeless, you know, people who are just yeah. on the street constantly and putting them in a place first and then giving them a counselor and, uh, giving them job skills, et cetera. They said that, uh, they reduced 
their number of chronically homeless people by 90% in just 10 years doing this. And uh, they said when they live on the streets, our taxes pay for their emergency services. Uh, In Utah, it was over $19,000 per person on average. When they put them into a home and gave them a counselor paying for these things for them, it was only $7,800 a year. So they saved over $11,000 per person per year. Damn, there you go. Yeah. So there are programs that can work. Just having a soup kitchen and saying, oh, we'll give you some food. Well, great. I'm going back out on the street afterwards. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good episode. Definitely, though, (laughs) check out about Airbnb. If you can find the clips online, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. Because I, I would like to see more, learn more about it, because that does seem very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. Very ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, did you watch any movies this week? Just one. What about yourself? I actually got three in. Oh, wow. Classic and two I'd never seen. Ooh, okay. Um, go ahead. No, you got three. You were first. I will also have my classic one. Uh, yesterday I watched uh, No Country for Old Men. I have no idea why I threw it on. I just felt like watching it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. <laughs> really good flick. If you haven't seen it, really need to check it out. It's on Netflix. Javier Bardem in his creepiest role ever. Yeah, he was fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's you know Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Willie Harrelson's in it. I mean, it's a it's a good cast. The Coen Brothers, you know, directed, wrote it, and everything. It's based on a book. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in it. I mean, it's 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 really good. Definitely worth checking out. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. I'm gonna go another one. Sure. My wife and I watched uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. <laughs> yes. Uh, and basically, what it comes down to is that they're uh, brothers who are screw ups. And they're supposed to bring respectable dates to their sister's wedding in Hawaii. They end up bringing girls that are just like them. Chaos and hilarity ensues. And it is allegedly based on actual events of these two brothers, Mike and Dave Stangle. Yeah, basically. So I think their name is Daigle. Yeah, they uh, they put an ad out on Craigslist for that and hilarity ensued. It, it like yeah. captured Manhattan's attention or something. Yeah. What did so, you think of um, yeah. All right, so I kept waiting for those really big, like, laugh-out-loud moments. Uh-huh. But they just didn't deliver. Nope. And it's really a movie, as my wife said, well, I don't need to watch that ever again. Yes. Yeah. Yep, I, I, just, I agree with that. It felt like they're going for that Wedding Crashers or Bridesmaids or whatever, like that big top comedy, that big laugh-out-loud moment, that big, you know, like, ha-ha, and it just, it, it just didn't deliver every time. Right. Yeah. There were some funny parts in it. There definitely were. Absolutely. I'm not saying I hated it by any means. So, I just never need to watch it again. Some of the exchanges between, and it's been months because I saw it in the theaters, some of the exchanges between uh, one of the brothers and that girl – they were both vying for the attention of um, Aubrey Plaza's character. Some of those were hilarious to me. I can't remember. Was it their cousin? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Her, and she, his, his cousin, who's a female, lesbian, very Justin Bieber, Harris thing going yes. on. Yes, their two interactions was <laughs> very funny. 
Yes, absolutely. She's like she's like Jill and uh, Aubrey Plaza off under the towel and yeah, yeah. No, it was no, that was that was good. I did enjoy that aspect of it. Yes, and, and Anna Kendrick's character was was decent. Yes, he was great. Her character was decent. Yeah, uh, I felt like it was a typical comedy in three acts. You know, yeah, the setup, the punchline, then the twist and the resolution. It it hit all the notes. It was fun. I did laugh. I enjoyed myself. But you're right. It was nothing that I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to own this or or got to go watch it again. Yeah, if I never watch this ever again, I'll be fine. I, I might put it on in the background or I might watch nah. it once more because it's been a few months. But I uh, I just enjoyed it for what it was. And that was about it. I hear you there. What was the other one you watched? Yoga Hosers. Oh, did you? You can watch that on Flex Fling for five ninety nine. Interesting. Yeah. Was and, it as uh, bad as it, it looks? Kevin Smith <laughs> is definitely like, I don't know. It was better than Tusk, better than Red State. Um, essentially what it is is there's the Colleens, who were the two clerks in Tusk, played by his daughter, um, Harley Quinn Smith and uh, Lily Rose Depp, who is Johnny Depp's daughter. Right. Which apparently they're they're like best friends in real life, and they're like I think I looked it up, and Lily Rose is like a month older than her, even though she looks much older. They're both just seventeen. Yeah, she really does. But they were they actually I think they were fifteen when they filmed the movie. But essentially, what it is, they play these two girls named the Colleens who work at a grocery a convenience store called uh, Everything A to Z, and uh, they really love yoga. And as it turns out, underneath the store is this uh, Nazi who's been holding out, buried underground, working on – he was supposed to go and got cryogenics. He got woken up early. And he was working on these super soldiers that were made out of um, bratwurst. And because they got woken up early, they're basically only eight inches tall, and they're called bratsies. And like get it, Nazi, but bratsy because they're bratwurst. And yep. Yeah, and they kill people by crawling up their ass and and then, like, killing them from the inside, essentially. And um, Kevin Smith plays the Bratzies. Okay, now now i got to ask you a question here. Yeah. So these things were super soldiers. They were supposed to be super soldiers. Yes. But because he was woken up early, they're only eight inches tall. So we have to assume that that means they were originally supposed to be normal human size. Yes. When they were expected to be normal human size, were they also planning on crawling up people's asses? I have no idea. They didn't get into that aspect of it all. Uh, I get um, it. Aspect. <laughs> but, like, um, they do a lot of spoofs from Clerks. They do a couple other things, like, from Clerks 2, where um, uh, Harley Quinn's Colleen, Colleen McKenzie, her mom was being played by her mom. And works at a fast food restaurant. So they kind of spoof clerks to there. There's a part where Colleen McKenzie screams out, I'm not even supposed to be here today at the store. Um, so there's some homages there, little nods and everything. Uh, Kevin Smith, like I said, is the Bratzy. Uh, Johnny, well, he plays every Bratzy. Uh, Johnny Depp is a character who, uh, I believe he's like writing some sort of article or news report or whatever, but he has this weird elaborate costume on. And a weird accent. And then um, 
And then Lily Rose Depp's mom is also in it as like one of their teachers. So, I mean, there's some, there's a lot of nepotism going on in this flick. Um, uh, I, his, uh, his co-host from Hollywood Babylon. Yeah. Um, oh God. Garvin. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. He played the, uh, Nazi scientist. Okay. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. He does really good impersonations of different people. Yeah, movie. he really does. Yeah. Ralph Garman. Um, Ralph Garman. I will say uh, there's a really, really cool cameo in the movie. Kevin Conroy plays an unsatisfied customer. He's not named. He just goes up and wants to buy something, and the girls are really sarcastic, snappy back to him to say, Oh, sorry, Buddha. And his response is, well, that's not very Canadian. And there's this younger kid that's with him, like middle teenager or whatever, and he turns and goes, come on, Robin, let's get out of here. (laughs) Nice. Um, But, like, they really, 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 really rip on the Canadian dialect as far as with the A's and the boots and the oots and, oh, how you doing there? Hey, yeah. Like, almost like, well, that's more of a Midwest accent, I guess. But you know what I mean. They just very exaggerated Canadian accent and, and, uh, yeah. Throughout the whole movie for every character. I really feel that Kevin Smith's work has gone really quickly downhill. <sighs> I think it's the drugs. I think I think, I think he tokes up and then he makes his movies and then he laughs and he thinks it's hilarious and he's just at the point in his life now where he's putting stuff out that makes him funny that he has fun doing and he enjoys and he doesn't care if anyone likes it or not. I think what, what brought that on was Cop Out because – Cop Out was the first major Hollywood yep. picture uh, that he was supposed to do. That's where he started smoking weed. He's talked yep. about that on one of his things. And yep. that's where he basically got into a feud with Bruce Willis, and the two hate yep. each other now. And I yep. think from that day forward, he was like, if this is big Hollywood, if this is what i got to do to have big movies, I don't care. I'm going to run myself into the ground. Yeah, that's essential. Yeah, and then he did Red State after that, right? It might have been before that. I don't remember now. I thought it was after. It could have been before. But, like, for whatever reason, like, he was going to do another, like, what was that, um, that hockey movie he keeps trying to do that hasn't happened? And oh, then yeah. It was going to be a movie. Then it was going to be a miniseries. And then on and on. No, there's nothing happening there. And then it seems like it's been forever since Small Rats 2 filmed. That hasn't come out yet, and then he's right. allegedly working on another Clerks movie, and they even did. I remember reading casting a couple of years ago that they had done, and people they were looking for and everything, and it just seems like all that stuff got put on the back burner because he's making this True North or Canadian North trilogy with with Tusk and Yoga Hosers and coming up now Moose Jaws. Right. So the, la- um, the last good one I think he did was Zack and Mary Make Porno. That was great. That was a phenomenal that movie. That was great. And that was a good Hollywood cast. Yep. It still had great humor, but it had heart. It was an awesome, awesome movie. Yeah. And then after that, it was Cop Out two years yep. later. And then Red State yep. was the year after that. Yep. And then, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, the, of course the girls defeat the Nazis and become heroes, and, but they're still working at the store that, uh, one of their dads owns. Does it fade to black and white at the end, like in Clerks? <clears throat> no, the, the movie opens and closes with them singing some punk rock song. The, the song they sing on closes the, uh, Canadian national anthem. First they sing it in English, and then Lily Rose sings it in French. 
And um, I don't know. It's just – it's a Kevin Smith movie, so people are going to watch it because if you like Kevin Smith, you're going to watch his stuff. But I've, uh, I've been I one of the biggest proponents of Kevin Smith since Clerks. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I know we had stuff before that, but I used to take everybody and make them watch Clerks. Anybody who worked in yeah. retail, anybody who came over to my house, I was like, Clerks, mall rats, love this stuff. Great guy. Awesome director. I even bought Drawing Flies because he had directed yeah. it. I never watched it, but I was like, I got to support this guy. And yeah. I never watched Tusk. I don't think I ever will watch Tusk. No, I'm never going to watch it again. Actually, I found that to be ultra disturbing. It wasn't, I will, Tusk wasn't bad, actually, but it was so disturbing. Like, I'm going to go with that. It was so disturbing that I don't care to watch it again. <sighs> yeah. And I'll probably never yeah. watch Yoga Hosers, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if it happens on one of your movie channels one night, you throw it on. Yeah. That'd be the most I'd plug it. So what movie did you watch? I went to the theaters and watched The Girl on the Train. Oh, how was that? That was horrible. Oh, I knew it would be. And and it wasn't that it was a terrible movie. I'm not saying it was horrible as in a good with a crap movie. I'm talking every character in that movie was a terrible person. Even there's one person who ends up being redeemable, but not until like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yep. But everybody is a horrible human being. We, we, we're following three women and we get introduced to them individually and we quickly learn that each one of them is terrible. You know, Emily Blunt is a stalker. She's, yep. she's driving, she's riding on the train and watching this woman wishing she had her life, but then shortly thereafter, she's like, oh, and I used to live two houses down. They tell me not to go in there, but I've been in there. And you're like, wait a minute, okay. So her ex-husband and his new wife and their new baby still live in that house. They got together because he cheated with her on his wife that was Emily Blunt at the time. Yeah. And, and this woman is proud of the fact. She's proud that she was the mistress that she stole you know, this guy away. It, they're all horrible people, Mike. It's terrible. It, it was, terrible. I came out of it with a stomach ache because these people really, yes, it was wow. very disturbing to watch this character study in horrible, even the therapist, the therapist ends up starting an affair with one of his clients. Instead of taking the high road and being like, no, we need to remain professional. No, he's a scumbag too. Huh? Uh, all the guys in this movie are obsessed with babies. They all want to get their women pregnant. They want to have babies. Don't know where that happened. Doesn't seem to be normal for life. I was talking to Kelly about it afterwards. I said, you know, I understand that it's men's biological need to spread their seed. But, <laughs> but she's right. Guys are not normally like this. You don't normally see guys being like, we need to get you pregnant. The woman being like, well, I don't really know if I want to. Yeah. But yeah, this huh. movie was hard to watch. It was very disturbing. Um, I would not recommend it unless, like, okay, did you ever see Gone Girl? Yes, the one with uh, Ben Affleck and Neil Patrick Harris. Yep, gets his throat slit open and everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's along the same line as that. Where it's hard when there's not a single character that has a redeeming quality about them. Like I said, one of the characters, and I'm not going to give it away. If anybody wants to know, they can either ask me or they can go to the movie theater and watch themselves. But 
there's one character that within like the last 10 minutes becomes a redeemable character. They actually rise above and you're like, okay, I, I can get behind this character, but you know what? None of the other all people can claim that. <laughs> the rest of y'all suck. So five stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, come back. I'm trying to, uh, where is this? I made notes the other day and I can't find them. You know what? It sounds like you've definitely said enough. Oh, no, it was, um, yeah, uh, sorry. I made a note of, uh, the trailers that I saw before the movie. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> which cool, which was cool. the best part. So I wanted to have those up for when we do trailers and such. Nice. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. But yeah, don't go watch The Girl on the Train unless you really don't mind watching stuff about horrible, horrible people. Nice. Yep. Um, so what did they have a trailers on before? Uh, they had one that, for a movie that I will probably never watch, and it was called La La Land. Good Lord, what was it about? It was about Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Okay, I'm good then. Yep. What else? Uh, Miss Sloan. Okay, that sounds familiar. It's uh, it's another Jessica Chastain movie because she's apparently in everything these days. Um, she uh, she's a lobbyist, so it's a political thing. I'm good. What else? Yep. Uh, the new Brad Pitt movie. He has a new one. Yeah, it's the one that he's in with. Um, oh God, what's her name there? The French actress, she was in uh, Inception. Oh, okay. All Supposedly, right, yeah, yeah. this is why him and Angelina are breaking up is because, yeah. 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 It, it looks like it should be Inglorious Bastards 2, but it's not. You know, they fall in love and they have a family. They start a family with a little kid and then his bosses tell him, she's a German spy and you need to kill her. And he's like, but she's my wife. And so... <sighs> Yep, cool. Yeah. Uh, I Some of these made so little of an impression that I had to uh, look them up afterwards. Nice. Hold on. Co- collateral Beauty. Oh, this one I actually want to see. Yeah. It's called Collateral Beauty, and it's a heartfelt movie. Bear with me, though. Basically, it's Will Smith... And he, from the looks of it, he had a daughter who was maybe eight or nine or ten years old, and she's now dead. And he's having a hard time dealing with that, and he's coming to grips with it, etc. Um, he uh, he writes letters as his form of therapy. It's self-imposed therapy. He writes letters to love, to death, and to time. And then he mails them. He drops them in the mailbox and says, you know, dear love, blah, 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 dear death, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, there's people around him. Kate Winslet and, uh, Edward Norton are both in it. Love Edward Norton. Haven't seen him in forever. Uh, they're both like friends of his and they're like, geez, he's kind of cracking, you know. Well, no, this is how he deals with it. Well, then they come to visit him. Death is Helen Mirren. Uh, some kid that I don't recognize is Time and Kira Knightley is Love. And these are the manifestations of these and they come to visit him to talk to him and get him back on track. Interesting. It looks good. It, it's a definitely a feel good kind of film, but I'm really excited about it. Actually, it it hit me. It hit me right hmm. in the the feels, right in the heart muscle. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, other than that, 
so that's definitely check that out. Check out that trailer if you get a chance. Collateral Beauty, okay. uh, Inferno, that new um, Dan Brown one. I'm reading the book, so I'll probably see the movie. Yep. Uh, Keeping up with the Joneses, which is that one with Zach Galifianakis and um, yep. Isla Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. And um, honestly, except for due date, that's Zach Galifianakis. That's all he is for me. Is yeah. And I think it's because Robert Downey Jr. made due date. <laughs> Uh, Split, which is that M. Night Shyamalan one that I know at least one person who's excited to see it, and it is not me, because it's M. Night Shyamalan. And yeah. honestly, this is the second time that I've seen that trailer, and I yeah. really, I, I'm going to do a little research, but I think that they're actually bastardizing dissociative identity disorder. Because first off, to say that he has like 20-something personalities in his head, that's unprecedented. Yeah. You know, alternates are usually created in response to trauma, and they're created one at a time. And to have that many and have them be that diverse is weird. And then they say – there's a voiceover person when he's, like, arching his back, and they say, oh, somebody with different personalities can alter the chemistry of their body. I believe that that is a bunch of horse baloney. I don't think that's true at all. And so I think that they're being very cavalier with an actual legitimate mental disorder. So, yeah, I don't want to see that. And then the final trailer, which made me say, oh, my God, will this movie please start? And then it was a crap movie, was uh, Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, God, I don't want to hear anything about that. Right? I I didn't either. I'm like, why is this? Wow. Why? Wow. God, that sounds like every trailer was really bad. Except for that Collateral Beauty. I really I know, want to see Collateral still, Beauty. still, I mean, you must have been set up going, like, how terrible is this movie? If this is what a company <laughs> if these If this was accompanying this feature, then. Yep. Um, so I watched, I watched the Power Rangers trailer. I did as well. Rooted shared that galore. And of course, he, he, you watch it yet? So, um, did you hear that? Hear what? I've heard like, like noise cut-ins here and there. It's weird. <laughs> Regardless. Um, maybe it's something on my laptop. I do have a web, I do have the web page minimized. Anyways, um, so yeah, it, it looks different, way different. It looks pretty good. Looks violent. Yeah, Rita Repulse was talking about killing Power Rangers. I've killed Rangers in the past. Yep. So I mean, it's so, not yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, I may, I may, I'm definitely not going to the theaters to watch this, but I may watch it. Oh, I'll definitely watch it. I was excited for the look of it. Yeah, um, yeah. But good. it was pointed out to me that it looked an awful lot like Chronicle. And then an article yes. popped up that it turns out that the guy who wrote Chronicle wrote an early draft for Power Rangers, and they went, no, we want something that's lighter and more fun and, and less dark and gritty. And so they fired him, and he went off and wrote Chronicle. And now years later, ah. they're like, let's make a dark, gritty Power Rangers. So They probably went off his script then. Yeah, exactly. Original he, he's not very happy about that, but no. it, it looks like a good movie. Um, it, it does actually. It does. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm very because it's not all kiddish. Right. Right. The the morphing looks good. Uh, them coming to grips with these powers. You know, they never really touched upon that in the show. Like they and never had. Dark. Yeah, they never had like super strength and stuff like that, or the ability to like leap tall buildings in a single bound. And definitely looks like they're going for an enhanced human kind of thing here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It does. I liked I, it. 
Um, the other trailer I watched was John Wick Chapter 2. Yes. I want to go to the theater and see this. <laughs> hey, you had a chance to see it in the theater for the first one. I You went and hung out with Herschel decision. instead. I say I do not regret my decision. <laughs> I went down on the floor with Leah, and we talked. We saw uh, Anthony Michael Hall again, and I hung out with Herschel in the elevator, and he gave me a Herschel speech, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was it was well worth it. And I marked out lore after he got off the elevator. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks really good. That's all I really need to say about it. It's if you've seen John Wick. It's more of that. It's more of that. that matters. Plus Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, yes. Plus Lawrence Fishburne, yes. <laughs> Which um, pretty much makes everything better. Are they in Paris? It could have been. I wasn't really caring about like that part of it. I they're in a foreign country as well. It doesn't matter. It's gunplay. It's a yep. gunplay movie. There's lots of killing. There's lots of shooting. There's lots of fighting. It's all that really matters. And Lawrence it Fishburne. Great. And Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne makes everything better. If they don't come up with some kind of joke about Neo or the Matrix in there, I know. I kept waiting for him to be like Breathman, and he opens his hand. Gonna write hell. Um, did you see the two thirty-second Doctor Strange trailers no. that were in reverse of each other? No, but I was told about them. I have to go look them up. Dude, they are awesome. I mean, literally, it's the same thirty-second trailer, but one it's one's told in one direction, one's told in the other direction, and then there's some dialogue that's in forward and some dialogue that's in reverse it is it's cool as soon it's, as we're done recording this i'm going to go look that up because yeah, you need to. yeah it's it's just putting over dr strange but it's just a very clever marketing technique or whatever yep. and it's, it's cool so. <laughs> all right um uh, you got anything else yeah yeah uh trailer for roger corman's death race 2050 Hold on, I have to go on YouTube and look something up real quick. Death Race 2050. It's Roger Corman at his Roger Cormaniest, and it looks awesomely awful. It's just, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be such a schlocky movie that I'm thirsting for it. Alright, hold on. There it is. I'm literally gonna watch it right now. It's 56 seconds. So I can tell you what I feel. Oh, Malcolm McDonald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, it looks like the original Death Race. That's not the crap it makes. Right? Oh, this, this is awesome. I hope this comes into the theaters. If it's in theaters, I'm going. Yes. I'm going to see that. Absolutely. That looks absolutely... I had no idea that was coming up. That looks so good. So good. They also had the first trailer out of New York Comic Con for uh, Iron Fist. Yes, I actually... I haven't... I just saw that off on the right side as a suggestion for me. It's going to be great. It's another Netflix punchy <laughs> that's the thing is they all seem to have punchy powers this guy yeah. can punch and this guy can punch but it looks good i'm excited for it yeah um 
if you haven't checked that out, people, check that out, because that's going to be the next one coming up after Luke. Okay, so Manu Bennett is going to be playing Frankenstein in this new movie. And um, for those of you that don't know him, he played Azog the Deflyer, Defiler, and Defiler in The Hobbit. He played uh, Xerxes in Spartacus, the Star's TV series. Oh, sorry, not Xerxes, uh, Crixus. Oh, I just pronounced that wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. Okay, they don't have it on. I, okay, let's try it here. Because I want to see the cast. I want to see the cast. That is so awesome. That looks so amazingly great. <laughs> there was amazing. a uh, there was another trailer that was finally released. The full trailer for Stan Against Evil. Oh, really? I haven't seen that either. Yep, I- I'll post these to the Facebook group. To the Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, Stand Against Evil is going to be awesome. It has such a vibe of Evil Dead, it's not even funny. It's like Evil Dead meets Slither because it's the nice. sheriff in the small town. And like at one point in the trailer, they're like 177 demons or something like that. And then you see him just lop off the head of one of them and it goes back and it's like 176 demons. <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm very much looking forward to that. All right, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, and then I just had a couple of quick news bites. Um, I want to give a big old middle finger F you to the internet, uh, as well as New York Comic Con for, okay. for previewing the first episode of The Walking Dead to come back and letting everybody know who's going to die. And then the internet for spoiling it by not even saying spoilers below, click only if you want to know. Instead, actually saying, so, so, and don't worry, I'm not going to spoil it here for anybody else, but if you've managed to avoid it, awesome on you. But basically saying, you know, oh, so-and-so gets ready to say goodbye, so-and-so will look back at what they've done on the show. It's terrible. Why would they do that? This was such a closely guarded secret that they, they they've been banking on it all summer, and now at New York Comic Con, they showed it, let everybody talk about it. And then Scott Gimple actually confirmed, yes, that is true. That is what's happening. Wow. That yeah. is. That's like the king of dick moves. That really is. So Stand Against Evil is a TV show, not yes, a movie. Yes, correct. It's going to be on IFC. And John C. McGinley. Who is awesome. Who's playing Stanley Miller. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. Uh, and yeah, then, no, that is, that's, that's, that's just a dick move. Yeah. Uh, William Shatner is going yeah. to be voicing Two-Face in the upcoming animated uh, Batman movie. That's cool. You know, the 1966 Batman movie that's bringing back yes. Adam West. and Yeah. Yes. So Shatner will be in that. And then the last part was at New York Comic Con, one thing that they did right was uh, they had the panel talk about the next season of Archer. And they're going in a completely different direction. It's going to take place in the 40s. And... Everybody is going to be different. Like, Krieger is still going to be a mad scientist, but he's actually a Nazi mad scientist. Right well, off of World War II. <laughs> but he's not working with them. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Mallory will be mother, basically a yeah. crime kingpin, and perfectly fine with killing people, getting people to do whatever she wants, etc. Cyril's going to be a dirty cop. And the nemesis of Archer... 
they they go toe to toe a lot. He has uh, muscle that works with him by the name of Poovy, which is Pam. But Poovy is just Poovy. They won't say if Poovy is a man or a woman, which is also very interesting. Um, Cheryl will be playing her ancestor, who also has mental issues. And Lana is going to be in a band. She's going to be a lounge singer in a band, and Ray is her piano man, who is straight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the whole the the show is going to go in a completely different direction. And, I wonder why they're doing that. Uh, did you watch the last season? The no. one that took place in Hollywood, where they had the Figgis Detective Agency. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, uh, spoiler alert: at the end of the last season, Archer died. Oh, okay. Yeah, they uh, they started off the season showing him in a pool, dead, with shots in his back, and like just dead. Oh, I did see the first episode, and so he was dead then. Yeah, they uh, they had these Krieger clones. Krieger had made perfect robotic duplicates of everybody, so you thought that by the end you were like, "Oh, that's who it is." But then Archer was standing up there talking to them, and you know they were like, "Oh, thank God, it's you!" And then they spilled something on him, and he exploded, and he was actually the Krieger clone. So they were like, "Oh, so Archer really is dead in the pool," and they just left it. That was it, the end of the the season. So this is coming back like this, I assume, because they're going to let that stand. Yeah, sounds like it. So that's very interesting. Well, there we go then. Yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm tapped out myself. Tapped out. Yeah, I got no more news to share right now. So, cool. All right. Well, that works for me. It works for you. Works for me. It's a podcast then. Cool. So, hey, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. You can check us out on the interweb uh, on the Twitter. I'm at Superstar ML. I'm at the Quantum Geek G33K. The show is at uh, What Did You Watch, and we're also on the Facebook What Did You Watch, and yeah. I'll go put up those trailers as I'm rendering this audio. That sounds great. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>